0: Hello hello hello. Hello. Happy Sunday.
1: Happy Sunday. I um You I are laugh- Amy Solara? I am Amy Solara and you are Jeremy Renta. I was laughing cuz I thought we need to figure out an intro like for two uh well-trained actors and
2: <laughs> film
1: creators and people who are ruled by Venus in various ways. <laughs> <laughs> How have we not figured out an elegant intro to this podcast?
0: It's like, instead of me saying, oh, hi, or uh, uh, pretending like this is a phone call. Yeah, you're right. I'm not really certain. You it's know a little what, bit of a creative it. block. Maybe
1: that's always the thing is this is just a phone call that we record because you and I have the most magical phone calls. It's true. Like the hour that we spent talking to each other earlier today could be a podcast. itself. <laughs>
0: I just want to go back and listen to myself talk to you. That's the greatest. I mean, that's the reason why we're doing this in the first place, right? That's why we started. Like, we should (laughs) actually record this. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah,
1: It's true. It's 100% true. You and I were driving down to Joshua Tree to sit in ayahuasca ceremony, and we're having the most wonderful conversation for those, what, like three and a half hours because of LA traffic? Yeah. And we were like, damn, we should record this. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm sure other people would want to listen in on this as well. Not well, just I'm the sure. CIA.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Deep State. <laughs> it was, I was also the, the idea of, I'm sure other people are and other people are having the same conversations. And maybe by us recording the conversations that we have, they will either be inspired to carry those conversations further with research and with, Um, practice and with engaging in a community that values these things, or they'll be inspired to have the conversation in the first place when they might not have been, um, may not have felt safe enough to do so.
0: Well, I mean, I definitely felt that way with um, any of the the free thinkers and people who started podcasts, you know, 10 years ago when I first started listening, it was almost as though I, I was given permission to think those things. I mean, again, coming out of the, the early 2000s, there was a lot of, you just do what the establishment tells you. Like there was a whole lot of that, you know? So getting to a point where people were just voicing their opinions in the first place, there was a lot of shutdown on freedom of speech, um, after nine 11, I believe. And, uh, you know, being able to, whether it's esoteric ideas or anything, you know, just like having, having questions about what, what is normally kind of dumped into our ears, um, that was something that was huge, huge for me. I started out listening to a lot of Adam Carolla, you know uh, I was living in LA when he still had a a talk radio uh, show. And that was, you know, just hearing somebody who was, even if it was just somebody being cadre, like uh, Adam is kind of the the personality (laughs) that he has um, it's like they're voicing their opinion. and, And it's, it was a reminder too, for me of like, you know, spending time with my grandmother, you know, learning from somebody who has experience, and even if they're just bitching about it, it's hearing somebody's point of view as opposed to hear actually hearing somebody's opinion about something, as opposed to just hearing somebody talk about. Well, did you see that thing on Fox News the other day? It's like, no, I didn't, and I honestly don't have an opinion about it because I don't care about that. You know, so so, and that's I think that one of the great things about having the this chance too is like you know, podcasting and and interviews give you uh a peek inside of somebody else's mind. So no matter if we're if the amount of people that are listening to us is large or small, they're getting little chunks of something that may actually have a positive effect on them or like you said trigger them to to look for something else um out there in the world.
1: I was joking, who was I joking with recently where I said, "Yeah, oh, um the book club that i'm doing i was like bridget's kind of like the gateway drug goddess (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it was like to the point of what you're saying i hope that we can be the gateway podcast i know we're kind of a little beyond that we're a little
0: fringe yeah if
1: you if you found us then this is like the gateway to like the real woo. -woo (laughs) because um chances are you're already uh either a psychonaut uh, in that kind of psychedelic I'd love to journey sense or you're a very strong practicing yogi who wants to deepen their practice further with mantra and meditation or you're um, on the witchy path, but you like maybe haven't solidified your practice yet. Either way, you're a person who's open to experiencing weird phenomena. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so maybe you and I are getting to uh, step into those roles of magician and high priestess and open the doorway a little bit further for other people. I'll
0: be a gateway drug for somebody. That's cool. I'm down With for that.
1: I'm, yeah. I'm not everyone's <laughs> cup of tea, but I'm somebody's gateway drug. <laughs> Can we make that a bumper sticker? <laughs> I'm
0: sure you were voted that in high school. With most like, likely a bunch of most to be a, in the background. Yeah. <laughs> most likely to be someone's gateway drug. <laughs>
1: No, in high school, I was probably voted most likely to be a professional dancer. Wow, really? I was obsessed with it. That's all I ever told people about. Hmm. I did
0: it. you good. I, I know it. you did.
1: I made it to that goal.
0: You made it an, to that and being a mermaid. I remember that was on your goal. Yes. And after the, the, actually the summer that I met you or the summer after. No, it was the summer. It was 2015.
1: Yeah. The summer I met you. Yeah. Uh, summer after our first ceremony together. I became a mermaid officially in a mermaid (laughs) talent troupe in Los Angeles and was photographed for LA Weekly in Malibu with a tail. Like that checked that box.
0: (laughs) You're like, I got to raise my standards, man.
1: I (laughs) do. Like, okay, so if I accomplished becoming a mythical creature, what else is on the bucket list? (laughs) Speaking of transformation, Speaking of, mm. we're so good at bringing it back around. The theme for today's podcast uh, that you and I decided on is how far we've come and where we started, um, started at the bottom and now we're Is <laughs> uh, it's, it's the idea that no matter where you are when you're listening to this, the fact that you are are searching and you are seeking is what is important. And please, please, please don't give up the search.
0: Yeah. I want to give a big shout out to all my teachers, uh, just starting off this podcast. There's, there's definitely something there when it comes to, uh, someone who either knows more than you do in a situation or is, um, so passionate about something that they make that their life's journey that Mm. propels other people to kind of like end up following part of that path and you know there's uh, for me um remembering to acknowledge where I came from is a big thing it's that whole beginner's mind thing being able to go back to where you were be able to look at something with fresh eyes um you know, remembering where I was when I was a kid sitting in a history class and, and having a, a teacher who is, you know, Mr. Vic, when I was in, um, when I was in my sophomore year, talking about history in an exciting way was something that propelled me to want to find out more about, you know, how we as, as, a, as a society got to where we are. And um, I think that's, you know, I can trace that back, Or trace that to where I am now, you know, like not believing completely everything that I'm told. And then, you know, a good teacher is going to make you uh, question and want to grow. So, you know, uh, look back at the places where you came from. Like that's something that's incredibly helpful uh, on the reg to see how far you've come and to uh, and to see what kind of got you there too. like, you know, what kind of brought this up uh, for, for us to really, to kind of discuss this, I asked you if putting up our old podcast from five years ago was really, uh, something that we wanted to promote just because we were in such a different mindset. And a lot of the things that at least I was talking about was like, uh, drinking, um, more plant medicine with not as much deference. I think like I've, we've, that was a bigger part of my life when I was then as well. And, um, you know, but it was also like, there's this, there's the, um, it's kind of a fringe idea and I feel like a lot of the times, which I, you know, this is a thing that I've done with spirituality as well. is kind of worn it as a tail feather. It's like, I'm special because of, and that's definitely mm-hmm. not the case. It's one of the ways that you, that mama will slap you down. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, it was
1: that's a combo junkie. Yeah.
0: Seriously. Um, yeah. you sit in, you sit in a plant medicine ceremony long enough, or if you do, even in the first time, if you go on with it from a standpoint of thinking that that is, that's the goal, like getting, getting the, um, getting the medium confused with the message or getting the, the, the process confused with the actual goal of, of whatever it is, is, uh, is it's a, it's a lesson that you can learn, but it's also like, you have to, it's a way for it to, it's a reminder to constantly be paying attention to where your mind is in the experience, you know? So with plant medicine, um, I did learn a lot, like in the time that I worked with, uh, with ayahuasca and the time that I worked with, you know, other types of, of sacred plant medicines, there was, there was a lot of growth. And then it gets to a certain point where if you haven't integrated a lot of the things that the plant is giving you, or that the spirits in it, whatever, whatever way you want to look at it, the, the plant medicines, a lot of the times are a, um, they're a transportation method to get to that state of consciousness without it being, Oh, dude, I'm a psychonaut or whatever, you know, having that again, cultural I- idea around it, but being able to say, this is a, this is a, 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 growth process. And these ideas are presented to you through this medicine. Well, if you don't integrate that stuff, the medicine will reject you and the energies themselves will reject you. They'll just be like, all right, well, you haven't, you haven't taken any of this stuff in, you haven't implemented it in your life. And it got to the point for me too, where sitting in ceremony, um, I stopped journeying. I stopped, I stopped learning because mama's like, you, you have a lot of books on your shelf and you're not reading them. You know, you have to take, you have to take the things that I've given you and you have to start to integrate them, which was one of the things that led me out of plant ceremony. It led me out of, um, it led me out of service in that way because the message that I got one of the last times that I sat as, as a guardian was, uh, it's time for you to take your healing out of the dome. It was time for me to take the things that I was learning and actually start to implement them. And it was, you know, it's a hard lesson to learn because it is, it's an ego check. It's like, I've started, I have been defining myself by these experiences. And we this was on one of the old podcasts that we talked about too. It's like, we define ourselves by these stereotypical things of like, I'm an alcoholic. I'm a, I'm a pothead. I'm a, I'm a bad boyfriend. I'm a, you know, whatever these things are. And we, we get stuck in that as opposed to saying, this is a lesson. You know, this is Saturn coming back around again, like this is a lesson that you're supposed to learn. And if you don't learn the lesson, you're going to keep getting hammered by this thing, you don't get defined (laughs) by it, but it's going to keep on smacking you. And you're going to self define and then if you don't get over it, you're going to die and have to come back and learn the same fucking lesson, (laughs) you know, in your next life.
1: (laughs) 4%. yeah and that's why that's why all the things we talk about are so useful because i think they help with integration right like what what was i doing the day i met you with ceremony i was using tarot cards
2: mm-hmm.
1: um what was i experiencing and therefore driving me to learn more about i was experiencing my saturn return and so i had begun a serious study of astrology where i Remember, we were at the Iliad bookstore, you and I, and I was like, oh, my God, this is the book I've been looking for. And it was the only astrology book you ever need. And I still have that thing dog-eared and tabbed and marked (laughs) (laughs) all in the margins Um, because I knew that there was something um, practical that needed to be done beyond ceremony. Um, And I got the same message as you after a while because I think I had sat like 10 times Mm -hmm. within six months. And, um, and this was actually before I met you, um, I, I had sat very repeatedly wanting, um, answers that you kind of have to get from life experience. And I think that was, of the lesson <laughs> that I was telling me, was like, I'm not just, I'm not just going to tell you your life. Like you have to live it, honey. And, um, that's not had how had this works. T- <laughs> yeah. She was like, you're not allowed to come back until you stop doing these things that are harming you mm-hmm. and you know, they're harming you, you know, that it's not a healthy habit to smoke organic hand-rolled chemical-free tobacco, <laughs> <laughs> still smoking, babe. Um, you're not allowed to imbibe alcohol in the way you have been. Uh, was a very clear message from her. Mm-hmm. I was not allowed to date the way that I had been um, because it was an unhealthy, um, slightly self-sabotaging and very much attention-seeking way of fulfilling an emptiness inside myself that I didn't want to have to face. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I got that message, you're not allowed to come back until you've handled this, I was so pissed because (laughs) I thought, no, I was on the fast track to enlightenment. This stuff was going to (laughs) help me bypass. Um, And that's what it was. I was trying to bypass. And that's something we talk about a lot on this podcast and just in life in general is how do we not spiritually bypass and you have to integrate, you have to bring it all back to literally everyday life. And I was just reading actually um, before this, I was flipping through the, the end of the Magdalene manuscript um, book where Judy Sion is um, telling her own personal story. And something like jumped out at me, which was you, Every single one of us lives um, multiple lives in multiple ways, but we're all just kind of chapters in the same giant book that is us, the divine, Um, because we all do come back to that. But you have to actually live it. It's a choice every single day, every minute, every chance you get, whether you're in the bathroom or the kitchen or the living room, whether you're in the car or the backyard or on a stage in front of thousands of people, doesn't matter whether you're being seen by everyone in the universe or only by your your child or your spouse or, or yourself in the mirror it's a choice to consciously step forward from where you were and say i'm not gonna not gonna play into that karma anymore I'm not going to repeat that pattern again this is literally the last time last one last whatever because I'm aware of it now I've stepped into self awareness and all these tools that we talk about mantra. Tarot, astrology, um, normal Western witchcraft and Eastern uh, Tantra, like everything all comes back to this idea of getting to know yourself better. Know Know thyself. It's like the ultimate passage into communicating with the gods and communicating with your highest self
0: yeah and I think that's uh that is one of the places where there's a lot of empowerment when it comes to any of these types of practices because you're you're taking responsibility for your own actions you're taking responsibility for the the path that you're on and there's a lot of you know we've talked about this before about relearning the things that we already know like again if you're looking at it from a standpoint of um, of um we'll say Western esotericism with the idea of the five elements or this, uh, you know, with spirit, I guess that is the fifth element. Um, yeah. The, um, you know, outside of all of these things, fires, fire, water is water, earth is earth, air is air, and spirit is spirit without having the container of all those things put together as one, which is what our human body is with spirit included. You've got the all possibilities that are open and available to you. So mm-hmm. I think being in human form and having uh, a manifest form is there is there's a little bit of of um, what's the term that um, amnesia that mm-hmm. like, that uh, that Graham Hancock even talks about, you know, like we're a, we're a, um we're a, a society, we're a, a species with amnesia. Yeah. And that's I think it, it goes beyond just sacred sites i think that's the that's the tip of the iceberg with that like we as humanity are that way and there's i think that there's something about that where this really is a proving ground are you able to get past the fact that you forgot about these things and remember that you are divine remember that we are a part of the whole we are we're literally god viewing itself through the lens of flesh you know, whether it's okay. whether it's uh, Jesus from the standpoint of, again, um, the Hebrew idea of Yud, He, Shin, Vav, He or y- Yahshua or Jesus, that is all of the elements. It is Yud, fire, Hay, mm-hmm. which is water, Shin, which is spirit, Vav, which is air and He or final He, which is earth. So it's the manifestation. It's all of those things. So that, that is us literally looking back out at the universe going, what does this all mean? (laughs) Well, that's the point you're supposed to remember it. And then you can go, you can move on to a higher state so that you go, okay, I've finished level one. Now we can advance to level two. And whether that means being in a larger form, uh, whether that means being completely disembodied, I don't think that's necessarily it because having, having a, a, a tangible form is as anyone who's worked in the spirit realm is something that, that spirits are very, um,
2: they're,
0: they're enticed by. Yeah, exactly. They're like, what, Hey, let's work together, you know? So my
1: friend and teacher, Andy always says, uh, if you're in a body and listening to me right now, then you've won the lotto. (laughs) 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 If you're in a body and watching her videos, you are in a state of having, um, bested so many other beings on the way in Mm -hmm. because even though we have more human beings on this planet than we ever have had at any time we also have more non-being non-like physical beings interested in being here on this planet than we have at any other time where um this this earth really is magical it's different yeah and so many other ways of existing so many other places of existing other dimensions it's multi-dimensional it's working on all these different dimensions that's why it's attracting so many things um, we've got the mycelium network working way down low in the first and second we've got um all sorts of people trying to project ideas on us in the fourth and the sixth and light workers working on the fifth and up and <laughs> it's like so complicated when you start getting into it and it's very heady and a lot of people are like what are you even talking about all these dimensions um you can google it and you'll you'll find other people talking about multi-dimensional things and that's something i work with um with my one-on-one clients is figuring out where they feel most comfortable in those upper worlds
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and where they feel least comfortable in those upper worlds and where maybe some of their shadows are residing and how we can um, really learn to work with those shadows to kind of clear them and clear the space and send more light out in all directions on all levels because we want to shine a light on ourselves first and foremost so that we become not only fully aware right you're enlightening so you're you're creating light within, mm-hmm. <laughs> enlightening. Um, but you're also, through that light, seeing the truth of yourself. And the more that you are in that truth state, then the more aligned you are with the cosmos in general, in terms of like the divine is in everything, and therefore the divine's within you. But also, um, the more that you do that, the more embodied you become the more whole you become and more integrated. Yeah. All of your pieces of yourself come back together. And that's what shaman soul retrieval is, is is gathering up all the pieces you've left behind in other lifetimes in early childhood trauma in other dimensions, other, um, realms, (laughs) other places that uh, a lot of people don't even realize exist with, um, uh, parallel worlds and mm-hmm. and timelines of ourselves, and kind of drawing it all back together. They say that's what Hathor did um, when she ascended; is she literally made herself whole, mm-hmm. She became a whole being, um, and then she arose.
0: Well, again, and, that's some that's something Mitch Horowitz talks about as well of kind of like actively changing your past. You know, like talking to people that may have passed or are looking at yourself in a situation and imagining yourself doing it differently like not looking at it from a, from a shame standpoint of, of, if only, but looking at it from the standpoint of that, you did make that decision and that, you know, it was just up until now that those those changes in your action could actually start to take place. So there's, there's not like a, there's still an acceptance of responsibility with anything that we're doing in our lives, but there's, there's this idea too, that, you know, shame becomes uh, an energy in and of itself and shame. While a lot of the time it comes from inside it's usually cast on us by our parents, by our culture, by the religious um, institutions that we are, I will say, forced into as a kid. Surrounded. <laughs> <the laughs> yeah. Um, but there's so much uh, there's so much power in shame, and we obviously we live in a shame based culture. That's the reason why uh, sexuality is so confined in Christianity, because there that is. Literally one of the easiest ways, especially if you're looking at it from the tantric standpoint of connecting with the divine, because you're saying right. I'm doing this, I'm, I'm making love. I'm, you know, or I am, I'm connecting with myself uh, uh, from this chakra uh, and I'm doing it in um, in honor of, as opposed right. to something that has to be good. hidden.
1: And, and it's also, I mean, talking about being in a body, mm-hmm. what a tool, right? Of magic. Holy cow. So many people,
0: um, no pun intended.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they don't, uh, because of the way that we've been brought up, they don't realize that literally the fastest way to increase your energetic, uh, capacity, like your ability to hold, um, vast amounts of energy within your field, comes from being able to use and, um, explore the energy that comes out of
0: our second chakra
1: just sex yeah but yeah the 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 organs that are associated with all of it like being able to um ride the waves that come with it like with tantra it, you're usually tantra you're working you can work alone or with a partner it's faster with a partner um, Mm -hmm. always it's always accelerated when you're working with another any type of magic is yep any type of magic is and second you see that other person who's in a body who is is seemingly separate from you and you unite with them that's you're doing magic just by that and a lot of people that are in the sex positive community even though that's helping a lot of humans um, get back in touch with themselves don't realize just how much they're mixed up with their auras and everyone else who's been stepping in them um, because they're they're just having sex as much as they can as opposed to as consciously as they can
0: right well two thoughts on that too Um, I think when you do join with somebody in that form you are literally, again, seeing the divine in somebody else and being uh, being in uh, a sexual situation with someone, you are literally being as stripped and as naked as possible, and hopefully being as honest as possible. And if they're right. doing the same thing back, then you're like, we are all one, you literally can see that in relationship, which is one of the reasons why I think uh, porn has such a detrimental effect on our society, because there's so much uh, degradation to it. There's like, you know, it becomes a monetized thing. Like I've, okay. I think we've talked about it before. Where you can, uh, my my partner is able to sense if it's ever been in the house, and it is literally like other energies. I think again are able to connect to uh, the images or whatever else it is. The the energy source that's actually coming into the house are coming in through the the phone lines, um, the phone lines, the fifty-six k oh, modem that you're boy. using. <laughs> I what have you been up
1: to? Um, <laughs> Time traveling again? Are we? Well,
0: there you go. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, the, that, that's another, it's another energy that these things can, can latch onto. And if it's not being used in a positive way, it will most likely be used in a negative way. So you have to be conscious of how you're using it. That's the first thing. And I can't remember what the second thing was because I went off on a tangent about 56 K modems.
2: Okay. I want to
1: jump on that tangent with you are doing an act of worship. Yes. If you're watching porn. Yeah. Like you are literally worshiping the image on the screen like Mm -hmm. an idol. Like when they talk about false idols, there you have it. That you're offering your energy to what you believe you are seeing because you are not seeing reality. Mm -hmm. It's a complete illusion, especially with like the majority of well-produced porn. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I, as much as I want to believe the women, um, that I've spoken with who are sex workers who are like, I feel so empowered. I want to like really, um, sit down with a lot of them and say like, okay, but are you though? (laughs) Because So many times there are so many levels to why they're doing what they're doing. It's not just like a, I'm celebrating my sexuality. Like if you're just celebrating your sexuality, then why are you, um, selling it the way that you are sometimes. Right. And I, I can't speak for everyone. There might be some women who are fully empowered, but then I would highly encourage them to uh really consider who is viewing them and why and what they might be um doing in those people's lives because
2: right.
1: it it is an illusion. I think one of the best films that illustrated this for people who are on both sides of the fence of like, this is great and it's empowering. This is terrible and it's ruining people's lives is um the one with joseph gordon levitt uh don john yeah and just the way that it illustrates what it does because he feels powerful he feels sexual he feels like he's in control but he realizes he's not mm-hmm. um, and that he has never had truly ever had a deep connection with any of the women he slept with because of it mm-hmm. because he doesn't know how to connect to the soul of the being he only knows how to connect to the energies that are present in the room when he's in that state
0: right and a lot of that is bolstered i think a lot of that's bolstered by ego it's like you're seeing yourself as whatever and that's exactly what the movie's about right it's Mm -hmm. it's him kind of seeing himself as a don juan
1: yeah and he has to like break that open in order to find the connection and um, something a lot of people uh, don't want to talk about in today's understanding of Tantra because it's become so popular. It's become this way for couples to connect. It's become this really popular thing on podcasts of, like, sex magic and Tantra. And I've even been uh, guilty of buying into the mystique of it in the past. Um, now I, I wholly revere it, and I'm very, very careful about the way that I, I engage in um in not only sexual acts, but like the thoughts surrounding it before and and during. And, um, because you are, you're creating things. You're creating
0: a safe, hopefully you're creating a sacred space before you start too. And during and after.
1: (laughs) But, um, the, the old days of the left-hand path were really horrid. Mm -hmm. They were really awful. And a lot of people don't know that they think, oh, they were just shunned because, um, they were seen as like, Cheating and like using sex to get past the other people who were just sitting and meditating. And, um, while they were, there might've been a few who were doing it in a way that was respectful. The majority of the practitioners of, um, this type of tantra where you're engaging in sexual acts we're using sex slaves
0: well i mean that's uh it wasn't just the left-hand path for that either the brahmin priests were doing the same thing they They would you know women who had women whose kundalini is naturally active they were like you said they were using pretty much as slaves to be able to activate their own kundalini and through that being able to tap into um more sources of magic or more sources of energy for them to use magic and then they were also selling indulgences like you know just like, like with the just I was, yeah just like with the catholic priest just like with the catholic church like religion itself can become um a tool of whatever the human is that's using it for which is why spirituality and why religion is you know such a is such a sacred thing i was mm-hmm. this is kind of tangential but the other day i was like i i was thinking about the fact that you know the practices that I do aren't necessarily seen as normal by by most of society. It's coming around a little bit more. People are being inquisitive, but for you to actually go out into public uh, and say I'm a witch or I'm a magician or I'm a whatever else, people give you some very strange looks. And I was thinking, you know, people talk about they say you don't talk about politics and you don't talk about religion, and I want to say that the people who first started saying, you don't talk about religion are the people who are getting burned on the cross or burned at the stake. And it's like, you just don't talk about it. Let's just not bring it up. It's probably for the best, you know, and it's, it's something that I'm aware of that even now there is, you know, there's a quiet prejudice about it, but it's still very much there. No matter what it is that you're talking about that are, you know uh, what it is that your practices are. And it's, there's, there is a fine line, uh, right. of being able to kind of delve into that a little bit of a tangent, but I did remember what the other thing was. Um, okay. so we're talking about, uh, just past stuff. This is kind of what got us on this topic in the first place for the, the podcast. Um, a lot of the the recordings that we'd posted, um, from the stuff that we recorded five years ago, you know, like you said, your, uh, your views on, uh, relationships, uh, was completely different. Mine was as well. Like I was, um, at that point in time, I was, uh, listening to a lot of um, Chris Ryan, you know, a lot of like, is, uh, are we supposed to be a monogamous culture? Like that type of thing. And
1: Aubrey Marcus too. Yeah. He was,
0: monogamous. he's still kind of in that. Yeah. So, and it's, again, when I was younger, all I ever wanted was to be in relationship. All I, I knew that the You're woman, Libra. I know all I ever wanted was to be in love and to be in relationship. <laughs> and when I got into my late twenties and early thirties, after having a failed marriage, And after having multiple relationships that, uh, did not work out, I was like, I don't know if I can keep moving down this path. Like I, I just keep getting my heart broken. Again, I was listening to one of the the podcasts that we'd recorded before and I was talking to Chris, it was one of the episodes where you were on tour. And, uh, I was like, you know, dude, I think I've, I was like, what do you think about soulmates? What do you think about love? I was like, I feel like I've kind of given up. And it was hard for me to say that because I was listening to it in front of my partner who is my soulmate, who is the woman that I literally have been looking for my entire life. When I first met her on your couch, I was like, this is the reason I'm in Phoenix, you know? And, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay Kuala my partner, um, she was like, she she again was shocked by what she was hearing. She's like, I've just never heard this side of you before. And I was like, this is where I was. This is, that was literally my rock bottom, you know, like for, for the thing that you feel like is your sole purpose, the reason why you're on this planet to, 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 be, be saying that that's not even a, a possibility for you. Like that's, that's well, we have pretty remember sad. Remember
1: where I was at that time too. Right. This, I'm never going to have kids.
0: You said that numerous times.
1: I like, <laughs> never want to be a mother. Right. I never want, like I, I said that more, I think more to try and convince myself mm-hmm. than anybody else I was ever in conversation with. I think everybody I talked to knew it. Just like when you were saying all those things, everybody you talked to was like,
0: Church, right She
1: just hasn't walked into your life yet
0: right on, well it's funny it it too because <laughs> you said you're saying that about uh, not wanting to be a mom and i know that i think in the it's in the second or fourth episode one of the ones that we recorded you were saying that you had that experience in ceremony where mm-hmm. the where the energy actually came to you
1: where i um i had had multiple ceremonies where i saw a being that i was like okay you're totally my kid but i had one ceremony in particular where i just um i was able to see a lot of well all of the karma babies um so the ones who wanted to come through me to be my child in order to uh, clear karma Mm -hmm. and i had spoken with one of the guardians um not too long before that ceremony about how she had cleared out her karma babies and i was like what do you mean she's like i don't want to get pregnant with someone who has karma kids <laughs> <laughs> she's like i don't want to birth a child that i'm going to be fighting with my whole life in order to fulfill something that i owe mm-hmm. a debt that i owe i'd rather just clear the debt and i was like you can do that <laughs> i was like what do you mean you can just clear karma and so i remember during that ceremony i i hadn't had an emotional release like that for a little while in ceremonial space, I had three people doing Reiki on me at the same time. I had one person working over my heart, and my womb, I had someone on my feet and I had someone on my head and I was on the healing mat and shaking and crying. And I should have been vomiting, but I had already done that enough. But <laughs> gone. And, um, and I remember seeing these little soul babies and, um, just thinking to myself, like, no, I am not going to engage in this. I'm not going to keep The cycle of karma continuing, I'm going to break it right now. And I want you to go back to love and light, and I want you to go back and be healed. And I'm not going to be the one that you're doing it through because I do not want to perpetuate this cycle. I do not want to engage in this karmic tie that you have tied to me. And um, if you've wronged me, I forgive you. If I've wronged you, please forgive me. And I I just did this whole process where I was releasing, releasing, releasing. And after that ceremony, I was like, nope, I'm not having kids now. Um, and it took a whole nother ceremony to bring me back to the, oh God, she's going to make me have kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's, I think the episode you're talking about where I was, uh, I went through the birth process in ceremonial space where she basically made me have a baby and I had to surrender to the idea that possibly this lifetime I might have a child or two (laughs) or more or more. I'm not done yet. I know
0: that. Yeah. Well, again, coming back to that, it's, there's, uh, there are a lot of times that you're presented with something in ceremony that, you know, you're stripped pretty raw and there's, there's, uh, there's stuff that comes through where you're like, no, like people talk about not wanting to be involved <laughs> in or not wanting to open up to those possibilities. It's like, and we've, we, again, we this is making me really appreciate the old podcast that we had. Um, yeah. the, um, there's, there's a, a lot about like not wanting to see that in yourself. Again, there's, we have to come through and I feel like we have to have a bit of amnesia because otherwise, if you know the score, then you're, you know, that's the whole thing of free will. It's like, well, are you going to go off path and realize you're going to come back to it? Are you going to, you know, are you actually going to do it f- straight through? You know, are you going to. that's
1: the fun too. Like God is, is, she's really got a big sense of humor. Yeah. Like. Um, I, I do in my belief system believe that there was, uh, like a beginning when there was a being that was the beginning. And I feel like I like calling her, um, feminine when she starts the beginning, because I feel like <laughs> in my reality, females give birth and therefore that makes sense to me. Um, and I also fully respect the idea that the cosmos started with the giant big bang that is the sound of OM and, um, uh, we're all in a dream coming out of a giant god's belly button who's still sleeping uh, <laughs> man. so like i'm able to hold many many creation stories in my mind that being said i feel like god has a sense of humor Do right. you call right. it he she or they um they have a sense of humor and they like to see the plot twists they like to see how we handle the cards were dealt. Um, this is the fun part in astrology. You can look at someone's chart. My teacher, Deborah Silverman was saying this. Um, I'm in the middle of her class right now and I absolutely love it. Um, it's the idea that you can look at someone's chart before you get into a room with them. And you can think, okay, this person has this planet over here, and it's aspecting this planet over here in this house in this sign, and they're totally going to be like this. And you walk in the room, and you're like, oh, that's what you did with it. <laughs> 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 there's, there's no guarantee, you know, that it's going to be the the high road
2: mm-hmm. or
1: the low road. Um, you can surprise everyone in either direction, and that's the fun. That's why we're living. Is to see what happens. We're like, okay, let's roll the dice. Okay, you get this number and you get this number, and and let's see what you do with it. And and maybe, um, it's like it's like Harry Potter, you know, where Neville was born on the same day mm-hmm. and Voldemort chose Harry, and therefore Neville had a different life than Harry did because of it. Um, and and they were born on the same day at the same time, and it's like, God, what if Neville had been boy who lives i don't know
0: if the books would have been uh as big a seller with neville longbottom in the chamber of secrets right? <laughs> i know
1: <laughs> so but it's still exactly like the universe got the, the super fun side right <laughs> it Got the really exciting story um or it's like in peter pan when uh wendy could have chosen to say no When Peter was like, come on, let's go fly. She could have been like, "Mm, no, creep. Rather get some good, good beauty rest. I'm going to go to sleep and grow up. Um, (laughs) If she had, there wouldn't be any story. If the parents had come back home from the party in time, there wouldn't be any story. Mm hmm. And we love stories. We love, love stories. That's why <laughs> that's why we're stuck in our stories. We love them so much that we just get bogged down in the story and the belief systems. Like what you were talking about before when you were saying like you identify as these things. It's all a belief. It's not a truth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It has nothing to do with truth. It has everything to do with your perspective. And that's why it's important to find the truth of you because then you begin to find the truth within these stories you begin to clear out the ones that aren't true and this is what we do in Akashic when we do Akashic records um, readings and uh, working in the Akashic fields it's divining the truth finding the true plot lines and figuring out where people have you know tied knots in the web that don't need to be there and something that uh, my teacher and friend Andy said recently that was like an interesting um, perspective for me is you can't go in and, and just like change the records. You can't go like delete a file. Right. It's not like, it's not like you're going to go in and say like, mm, I didn't, I didn't like this choice I made. So I'm just going to toss it out. We don't need to have that piece of paper in here. No, you, you go back and you look and you, you investigate and you think, why did that happen? And how did that happen? And um, for what purpose? Cause everything happens for a reason. And it's a good thing that we can't change the records. It's a good thing that we can't go back and just change the plot because then we would never move forward. Mm-hmm. We would all be stuck in the past trying to constantly write the perfect story. And there is no such thing as that. It's, it's no fun. It's boring. That's why the Garden of Eden had to be destroyed because <laughs> it was boring.
0: Let's just hang Everybody out in perfection. Yeah.
1: Nobody ate any other animals there was no hunt It was just like lazy town nobody was
0: even aware that they were naked
1: i bet bees weren't even pollinating they weren't letting the flowers have sex it was just everything was as it was
0: um well yeah it it sounds like it's a a really really boring game of the sims right like if you don't set the house on fire every once in a while it's just like why are you even playing (laughs) (laughs) that's terrible
1: It's such a collie thing to say.
0: <laughs> well
1: it's such a callie thing to say. Well, she's well, she's also, been present. Yeah. Yeah. I I've been very enmeshed in the, the world of the story of the Lion King because of a certain two-year-old. And um <laughs> one thing that Rafiki says every single day in my house, because we watch it every day in my house, <laughs> is um, yes, the past can hurt, but It is up to you to choose what to do with it. Mm -mm. You can either learn from it or you can run from it and you'll spend your whole life running. And so that's why we look at the Akashic Records. That's why we do past life regressions. That's why we get so fascinated to find out where we were before because we don't want to make the same mistake again. We want to stop running. Karma is running on that hamster wheel.
0: Yeah. I want to, I definitely want to get uh, a little update on what's going on in the stars. Cause you're going to know that. Right. Right. I mean, you've been paying attention, <laughs> but I want to say too, um, uh, last night, Lindsay and I did a session on the table and, uh, you know, she is very much an energy worker. She's not a massage therapist. She hasn't been trained in Reiki, but she is powerful at holding space. And, uh, so she just, uh, we decided to do, to do a session last night and there was, it was a very earthy day yesterday. Like it was a absolutely gorgeous day. We went for a nice hike. I got up in the morning. I did imbibe in a little plant medicine. Uh said a little prayer to Shiva. Uh and uh spent some time in the dirt, literally by the tree um uh, in my backyard. And I just it's been so lush. Like all of the snow is melted. It's like 60, 70 degrees in Boulder right now. And I set up an altar, you know, we have, there's a lot of shells and a lot of rocks and and branches in the backyard. And I just spent an hour in the dirt with my hands pushing into the dirt and just, you know, very much giving gratitude for uh, the earth, for the, for just for mother in general, for, for being here and giving us a place to play. And um, so the session that we did, I was very present, which is how earth is. You're very, very, very here, but I had a flood of memories that came up and that I was able to clear of stuff that I have not thought about in In ages, like it was literally 20 years ago that this stuff happened. Part of it too, one of my friends birthdays uh, was Friday and we got on for it ended up being like a three hour zoom call where just a bunch of my buddies and I were just sitting chatting talking about the old times and kind of discussing where we were. And so I had a lot of this stuff come up that wasn't really even related to them. It was just, and it was just back to back. It was like something would come up uh, of a mistake that I had made or something had come up with something that I had been holding on to and not forgiven myself or, you know, something where I had wronged someone. It was like, it wasn't super emotional. I didn't have an emotional connection to it, but all of this stuff came up and cleared. And I have uh, a tendency a lot of the times with clients on the table to try to get them into a verbal process and Lindsay as well as a as a clinical says you're an
1: air sign yeah And she's an air sign sign,
0: yeah as a clinical therapist also will um uh as a licensed professional counselor will get people to kind of talk through their thing because that is again how she processes um and she dropped a couple of chances for me to speak and since i didn't kind of bite at the hook she just kind of let me do my thing which i was incredibly grateful for um but uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up is you know, a, lot of this, a lot of this karmic stuff that we have that we're holding on to, it's, it's good to face it. It's good to move through it. It doesn't mean you have to dwell on it. So right. coming back to like, you know, facing stuff in ceremony or having these things that we know are going to come up because we've done them in our lives, it, it can hurt. It doesn't have to, though you know you've already been there you've done that you've the 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 thorn is out of your paw you know you're aware of where you were and how you got to where you are and yeah there's a possibility that you may have to make amends to some people if you're wanting to do that you don't necessarily have to I don't believe in the 12 steps but like if you want to well
2: you can
1: do it in a in a non literal way
0: right well yeah for yourself like even if it's just kind of you clearing it for yourself but being able to face things that you know are there I think is again that's a that's empowering like you're getting to to reclaim that thing that you left behind where you're like I'm not going to look at that I don't want to pay attention to it I don't want to think about it it's going to feel a lot better if you do It really is. And it doesn't have to be something, again, that you dwell on. Like, it's already happened. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. Just like Rafiki said, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) The past can hurt, but Mm -hmm. it's in the past. And you can't change it. And you can't stop it. And you can't go back and try and fix it. Because then you would never go forward. You would never live. And we... um, Oh, what's the one from Kung Fu Panda? I'm just all kids' movies today. (laughs) Um, When the turtle looks at at Poe and he says... Um, yesterday is history and tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift, and that's why we call it the present. Oh, <laughs> and it's true. We um, we forget that mm-hmm. the Akashic field is is happening now. It's all happening now, um, and we're we're in the process of creation. We're watching the universe be created. And it's really fascinating. Like, and you you mentioned the astrology. Every astrologer is like, oh, 2020. Like all through 2019, people were just really happy to be done with 2018. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now they're all saying we should write love letters to 2019, apologizing for
2: how much we like
1: (laughs) spat on it because 2020, wow. Um, But um, a lot of the astrologers that I follow on social, that I get their newsletters, all they could talk about was, Something's coming in 2020. Something's coming in 2020. It's going to change. It's going to shift. Something big is happening. And nobody could put their finger on exactly what it was. Because one, we don't want to think the worst. Two, we're scared to be called like Apocalypse Now fans. And three, we don't want to scare people, right? right. We don't want to look at the, the aspects that are happening with planets. And that's how the planets line up in a cool geometric way. Um, you don't want to look at them and say like, oh my God, this like, this is big because <laughs> um, it, a lot of people tend to get scared. They tend to go immediately to the fear as opposed to um, the joy that comes through change. A lot of people are afraid of change. Um, usually you have to be a mutable sign or have a lot of, um, of certain things in your, in your chart to have a, a temperament and a personality that naturally embraces like just burn it to the ground. Let's start it over. <laughs> Oh there's like a, a certain mix of elements that creates that chemical imbalance in your brain where you're just like, "Eh, I'm done. peace. <laughs> I'm happy with a new planet so um most people didn't know, but they knew because of Pluto and Capricorn, Uranus and Taurus uh those two planets are like the big uh, the big changers in the sense that uranus is the planet of change and pluto is the planet of death and transformation (laughs) so
0: and they're in the cardinal (laughs) sign of capricorn
1: and and taurus Mm -hmm. um so pluto in capricorn it's like all of the business structures all of the corporate structures all of the way that we work and everything is shutting down he's like done you're done death of everything you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's a reason the stock market is like on the verge of not knowing what to do with itself because he's still sitting there and guess who joined him Mars Mars is like hi let's throw some matches on the fire shall we?" and Pluto's just rubbing his hands together like I love you bro I love you so much do it let's do it and Saturn's like y'all are too young for me I'm gonna peace and go into the sign of change he's going into Aquarius and he's going to come back into Capricorn he's going to knock on that door and say like hey can I come back into this conference room because you didn't clean up your mess (laughs) and he's going to do that later this year and so everybody who has a Saturn return in Capricorn they're feeling a breath of air for a moment because he's in an air sign he's in Aquarius he's not done yet there's going to be more change and it's going to be good it's a good thing and then you also have Uranus and Taurus and Uranus is like I like chaos I like breaking and entering (laughs) your reality and showing you that your reality is not real it's not safe to believe that it is like your reality is something that you have to step out of for a moment to look at how it's functioning because it's not functioning well Mm -hmm. and in Taurus that's another house of finance and what you value and what you hold dear and all of the things that come with um, comfort and shelter and safety and security (laughs) (laughs) and so like all of these planets are doing these huge big jumps and leaps and bounds in terms of the collective consciousness because of what they call the transpersonal planets when you get past jupiter it's all of these things that affect us on a global scale not just a personal scale it's how we interact with each other as a community we're having to redefine what community is redefine what it means to be together what it means to talk to each other what it means to have a business to have a family to have a home to have a a financial stability (laughs) yeah all of it literally all of it is coming into question this year um uranus is asking us like what do you value more your family and your home or your finances. (laughs) There's a zinger. Um, Pluto's asking us, what do you value more? Your ability to, um, to control other people in order to gain money or your ability to transform your life by actually getting to know yourself (laughs) Um, and serving people through the business you're doing. And there's, there's so many levels to all of it, but if that's all just really confusing and you're like, I'm I'm gonna have to take an astrology class from you, Amy. I'm planning on being one of <laughs> them. I will let you all know when that happens because I love this stuff because you just can't not make, you just can't make it up.
0: Yeah. And that, that, and that takes the the podcast into the conspiracy turn of how many people have actually been paying attention to this and this whole like shift in the way that we're doing finances and everything else. Has this mm-hmm. been planned? Has this been structured? Are we going to shift to a uh, one world currency? You know, like the whole idea of cash completely going away. That was something that was kind of broached in the in the late 90s, early two thousands too, with everybody being chipped and the idea of like your currency being on the chip. And you have to kind of play terrifying. by the rules. It is absolutely terrifying. So, so terrifying. let's not go. There. I, I
1: want it to go the other way. <laughs> I wanted to go. The, I want to go to the point of um, barter system again, where you're like, I see your um, two rations of batteries, and I have a goat. Can we trade?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's talk. Let's make like, a deal.
1: I I honestly. I understand the value and the lessons of money as an entity and a being giving us so many beautiful lessons that I honestly really hope that she's just tired of that and wants to go back to being in the heavens again for a little while, just for a break. (laughs) It gives us the chance to go back to really figuring out what we value ourselves. Like how much do I value uh, learning how to do a task versus paying someone else to do the task for me? Right. Um, and just all of those things. Everybody's getting really obsessed with ancestor skills. I've seen so many people who are like, I just started knitting now. I just started uh, gardening now. I just started learning how to carve wood. <laughs> There's like all of these things that we've lost as a society that we used to value so highly. They were artisans, they weren't just, I mean, they were craftsmen. They were these very talented, skilled individuals in trade that um, has become mechanized. And I think we're starting to value humans again. Mm -hmm. And I hope that that's the outcome of this is that we switch from valuing um, fast and industrialized things to slow human hands creating things that are long term, not one time use things.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think humanity is going to be here no matter what. You know, it's like in the times where things have been majorly shaken up and, you know, a population has gotten down to like the thousands, literally thousands of people on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been able to kind of pull through. You know, we've we've come back around the planet, I think, is going to be fine. That's something that's been beautiful, seeing like how much. Uh, the ecosystems around where humans are living are actually being able to kind of shift back to nature just in the time where people haven't been driving the, you know the skies are clearer the the waterways are getting less polluted they're not completely they're not completely clear but just like in the past you know month of people not traveling as much and us figuring out other ways to actually connect with community it's like it's been it's it's been uh, really positive i honestly think like I mean, it was it was a strange like, transition yeah, I-
1: so happy at the idea of all of the communication systems going offline (laughs) it's a weird thing to say as i'm creating a podcast um but maybe i'll learn how to psychically broadcast it to everybody who has a lemurian crystal in their hands um that to me that's where we should be headed that's where we should be dreaming of is taking out all of the all of the middlemen in all of the ways like all of the in-betweens and being able to psychically connect and have a phone call by like you know sending out a signal to your friend through your brain saying hey, you free to chat right now?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like and just be able to use all of our brains. We don't use all of our brains and there's a reason. Uh like they stopped us <laughs> from using <laughs> all of our brains. Conspiracy theories, but also truth. Um all this disclosure stuff is happening, too, about, like, what's happening behind the scenes, and I don't want to uh, be the one to tell you if you don't know because I feel like that's something you have to really search out yourself in order to believe it because um, people like you have been doing it for a long time, and I – have my own ish with him on certain things but i do think he's doing one really great job of showing people that there's way more to the scene that they don't know mm-hmm. i don't agree with everything he says but i don't think you should agree with everything i say i don't think you should agree with everything that um starhawk says even i revere her and love her and think she's a wonderful woman and i love watching her drum but um <laughs> I, (laughs) I have to question everything just a little bit because I don't want to fall into the trap of dogma or cult or, um, utter devotion to something that is outside of myself. Right. That makes sense.
0: Um, (laughs) well, I mean, I, we are almost at the hour mark, which I think is, I'm totally cool with going over if you want to, but I I do want to say, (laughs) I think for, uh, either if we could talk about it now or next week. Uh, Talking just about self empowerment. um, Again, another one of the things that Lindsay and I were talking about the other day was um, clear senses in general, and how Mm -hmm. we all are naturally attuned to some sort of clear sense. So um, if you don't know what that means, like if you are clairvoyant, that means that you have clear vision, you have clear sight, you see things. If you are clairaudient, you may hear things. You know, you can sense things or maybe you hear voices literally, you know, that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean, mean you need to be locked up. It may no, be that that is how. Yeah. Well, you know, just qu- I, again, um, <laughs> one of the things that Thomas Ashley Ferron says is if you hear voices, test them. So yes. f- see what and, their, see what their goal uh, is. Yeah. See what their intention is. And also if they're, if they're telling you how great, and wonderful you are, it's probably not somebody you want to deal with. <laughs> if they're telling you that you're awesome, it's just like anybody on Instagram, right? <laughs> you know, if somebody has nothing but the, positive things to say about you.
1: you. Do the Hobbit test. Okay. If you haven't seen the fellowship of the ring yet, were you living under a rock? But also, <laughs> um, the, the way that they figured out if, aragorn when he appeared to them as strider was good or not and they're like are you sure he's not working for the enemy and it's frodo who says it right Mm
0: -hmm. um i think that uh, the enemy would uh, would look Look fair and seem yeah yeah
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's going to appear enticing and sound wonderful and this is the the devil card in the tarot it's everything you want to hear Mm -hmm. everything that makes you feel um, comfortable. You shouldn't feel comfortable. You should feel challenged. You should feel put into a space of growth, not into a space of complacency.
0: Well, yeah. And it's the whole idea of actually having to, to earn their presence. You know, it's like, it's, that's one of the reasons that we do the work that we do. You do breath work, you do, you know, you, uh, the, you, my yoga practice is tied completely into my spiritual practice because as you get into the state where your body can actually handle these energetics then you're going to have more things that are showing up. Going, oh, I, I took no, took notice of uh, the stuff that you're doing over here. So let me see if I can help you on your path. You know, part of that too is actually being able to. And we kind of talked about this on the chakra episode, clearing out those channels so that we are able to take that energy in. Whether right. if you're looking at it from the angelic uh, angelic realm, the higher angels, you know, they have, and I, I may have mentioned this before, but they have like the images of them or people, the images that people see. They have uh, one, you know, a wing that covers their hands. It's a wing that covers their feet. Wings that cover their eyes and their mouth, because those are where energy comes out and goes in. And mm-hmm. if you're, if you see the light that's coming out of that, it can blind you. Your, your, the things that take in light or take in energy in our bodies would not be able to handle it. You know, if you've ever seen the movie Dogma by Kevin Smith, the whole idea <laughs> that, uh, the whole idea that the voice of God is so powerful that it can't be heard. That there is an there is an angel that actually does the speaking for God, yeah. you know when when Alanis Morissette shows up at the end of the movie <laughs> and she opens her mouth and blows up uh, uh, Ben Affleck's head, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's the ability to actually be able to to receive the signal and. Again, that comes into the, what the work is that we're doing. The reason why you go into shadow work is to test your boundaries. You go into the shadow so that you can go further into the light. There's this constant spectrum that you're working inside of, and you well, want and, yeah, you want to be able to your
1: light shines right The further you can see of where you need to work.
0: right <laughs> right. yeah, and it's going to open you up past what your what your structure is for your day of getting up in the morning and going to work. So again, I think this this is it's testing us on a, on a societal level, like the, the quarantine that we're currently in and and trying to refigure what it is that you do with your day, how it is that you can still be productive and survive. You know, again, living in places, if you live in LA or New York or, you know, Boulder has really high rent as well. Like being able to figure out a way to still survive um, and be able to grow through that, you know, nobody with everybody kind of having the situation. Now it's like, what have I, what have I been doing with my life? You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people are kind of questioning what they've been doing with their time and what they actually do with their free time. And for, you know, I know for I me said, too, like I said, there's a lot of darkness that I'm having to go into and kind of deal with. It's not necessarily fun, but it's like, oh good, I can sort this out. I can do some spring cleaning on on my life, you know?
1: Right, right. What were you going to say? Um, I, I'm like, got my fingers crossed that everybody turns into a bunch of Walter Mitties and decides to actually just go live their life instead of living the stories in their minds mm-hmm. instead of um watching Netflix all day because now they can <laughs> deciding to live those stories and i know for now most people can't actually you know jump on a plane and go to greenland and then jump in a helicopter and fall into the ocean
0: it's not a poor and- post. <laughs> it's not a post. <laughs> it's
2: not
1: a <laughs> stay gold <called> funny boy <laughs> Oh, man. I love that movie so much. And it I, it came out when I started living, I think is is why I, it has such a sweet place in my heart. I, um, I went to go see it with one of my very dearest best friends in the whole wide world. And she and I met um, in kindergarten. And uh, we were watching it. And I just had this feeling of like, oh, my God, we're both in the stage now. We're we get to choose, we get to choose whether we just go sit down at the desk mm-hmm. and do what we're supposed to do um, or not. Right. And I was like, I pick or not. Hiawaska. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was driving to Joshua tree and I had flown to like Scotland the year before. And it had triggered a lot of like memories that I couldn't explain. I knew I'd been there. And um, I was loving my life so wholeheartedly in a way I had never done before. And I think that's, that's the key. If you're, if you're unhappy with your situation um, first, thank yourself for getting yourself there because Mm -hmm. that means you're learning lessons. Second, um, congratulate yourself, pat yourself on the back for manifesting your secret uh, unfulfilled desire of whatever (laughs) (laughs) the fun kind of torture that God invented for you. Um, Because, Honestly, that's something my teacher, Carolyn Elliott, always says. She's like, you, you made this. You got here on purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't an accident. This is something that you wanted inside that you could not say verbally. And so it happened so that you would experience it. And until you acknowledge that you succeeded in this magical act of creating the life you're currently in, you will never get past it. You, The karma lesson will keep coming back around and around and around. And um, I feel like so many people are really being confronted with that karma lesson right now. Um, and so many people as a result are seeking something beyond their, their normalness because nothing's normal anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think it really does take a cer- certain level of fear to push people into a space where they, um, are interested in things that they can't see.
0: Well, I mean, we're definitely in a, a point of quiet desperation, right? Like, we're we're not. <laughs> you go to a, you go out in public, and you have to have six feet between you and another person. Like, a lot of people, when I've gone out, are, are not talking. You know, yeah. so you really are having to do a lot. People are doing a lot of reflecting, and um, again, I think that's like, what are you listening to? Because if you're listening to your mm-hmm. soul, if you're listening to where. You know, if you're going back and you're reliving, like I was last night, some of the stuff from your past and seeing, like, these were the places where I wasn't, you know, completely the person that I I, I thought I thought I was. Are these I'm not completely the I'm not completely living um, in fair exchange with certain people in my life or, or, or w- with my uh, with my career, you know, or with my kids. You know, a lot of people are spending a lot of time with their kids, and I think they're seeing, you know, exactly what their parenting style has led their kids to. You know, so which is definitely not problematic. It's a good thing. These are the these are the entities that you brought in onto this planet. Like, spend some time with them. See, you know, see where they are now as as human beings.
1: Because they show you patterns faster than anything else.
0: Yeah, for real, (laughs) for real. I
1: just I heard Blue like use a swear word when um I said that he wasn't allowed to have another tortilla.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh darn! He heard me say that. Mm -hmm. That was me. That was, oh gosh! And there was this moment where I could see it was just like he was so disappointed, he was so mad. And I said, like, you have to eat the veggies first, hon. You just <laughs> you can't. You just can't. You have to have like another bite of your greens and another bite of your meat before you get another piece of tortilla. And he, he was trying to climb the fridge to get to, <laughs> I to it. <laughs> I like, sat down and just quietly mumbled, "Fuck! <laughs>
0: oh no!" <laughs> you're like let me go ahead and give you props for using that in the correct context
2: (laughs) but
1: it was like this like complete give up i'm gonna just i'm gonna say what needs to be said Mm -hmm.
2: and
1: and i didn't i just didn't even acknowledge it i i was just like i'm sorry about the tortillas i'm sorry (laughs) and there was this feeling of i i use food Mm -hmm. to um in ways that i shouldn't I still reward myself and I still punish myself and I still um, uh, do things with food based off of my emotional state Mm -hmm. and it's not healthy and he's picking up on it because he wants to, he's bored. So he wants to snack all the time and he's also growing. So he wants to snack all the time. So that basically means the second he's done with breakfast, he wants to eat a snack and the second he's done with a snack, he wants to eat a snack and the second he's done with that snack, he wants to eat lunch. (laughs) It's like. You can't just keep eating because there's nothing else to do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Conversations with myself.
1: Yeah. I'm like like walking over to the fridge thinking, Hmm, what else can I eat right now? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's because we are home more. So therefore it's there more. Yeah.
0: And and fill the void. Right. I mean, that's like, you want to feel something you want to feel like you have some type of control. I am definitely guilty of that. Lindsay, again, I'm going to keep on talking about (laughs) my current situation (laughs) Um, before she went into session today, because she had a Sundays are a big day for her. I like cooked lunch, and she was like, "Why do you always try to bring me food?" And I was (laughs) like, "Because I'm from the south, and that's how we comfort people. You know, like that's that is that's the that's one of the things that I know that I a can control because the kitchen is." That's a a place of solace, you know, and it's like, you're going to be just like when I eat, I'm going to be happy for at least the 45 seconds while the piece of chocolate or whatever (laughs) is in my mouth, you know, so.
1: Which is also not healthy. So we're having to confront those patterns. And so. Yeah. So I think it's so good to put those restraints on ourselves the second we see our kids doing something. The second the child asks, I want to watch this TV show. Well, how about we go outside instead? Well, I just would rather watch the TV show. Well, I'm just going to put the TV in the garage then. We won't watch it for next week. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Okay, I'll go outside and play. And, (laughs) um, And me feeling the same way of like I've cleaned the house. I've done my astrology homework. I've listened to like the third podcast this week and I can't handle any more of my brain. I just want to sit down and watch Gilmore girls.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think I am teaching them that it's like fine to just check out. The just day. numb out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, don't do that. And I'll, I'll grab something else. I'll, I'll do something creative with my hands, whether that's knitting or making a crown or, um, going outside and drawing with chalk with them. Um, Or maybe building blocks and knocking them over or pulling out a puzzle, like trying to do something that is still relaxing, but meditative as opposed to numbing out.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I had something that came up today on my Instagram feed that said, um, uh, stressing it, stressing it or hating your job is, is stress. Now I'm going to completely butcher it. I interrupted you just so that I could completely fuck up the thing that I saw today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, it said, um, stress, uh, is, can be equated to hating your job, whereas passion is is equated to loving your job, something along those lines. It's like the difference between like stressing about going to work and working your ass off and hating what you're doing is going to, is going to kind of show up in your life in a stressful way and being passionate about something and killing yourself doing that is that's what your, your goal is, right? We all want to have a job that we love so much that we get so riled up about, but it's, we're doing it because it feels good for it to be perfect or for It feels good for us to, you know, to be working towards that goal, as opposed With to the I can't. Of
1: not becoming a workaholic because we're running away from our personal right. life.
0: Well, lives I mean, I was going to say the same thing you're talking about, like, you know, when you have downtime, I've, you, you don't want to turn to television, but I mean, I have my own way of spiritual bypass, which is picking up uh, a book on, uh, you know, magic or esotericism and spending time in that, as opposed to, doing the things that I need to do, like looking for a job or, you know, um, you know, setting up clients, you know, whatever the thing is working on putting things out for the business. Mm -hmm. Like there's these other things that I do, which are, which would be helpful for in the long run, um, for building of the, of the business, but it's also, it's not in the here and now as something that I'd really need. It's my chores technically, you know, it's, I would rather wash the dishes than do the other thing, you know?
2: Well,
1: this is a, this is a, procrastinating pattern right uh, that a lot of people um have and i've had clients who have dealt with it and they're like how do we work around this in a magical way and um it it's almost like you're building um uh what's the word it's almost like you're getting gold stars from the universe, every time you accomplish a task, that you will get a reward when you complete that row. Mm-hmm. Like when you're in elementary school and your teacher has um, those charts where everybody's names on the class and every book that you read, you get a little star or happy face or something. And when you get to the end of the row, you get something, um, whether it's like one hour of free time to do whatever you wish in the class, or um, you get to have double recess or just like little rewards. Um, that's what I did too, where I was like, okay, there's, there's these two things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, And then there's 10 things that you have to do. And one of these 10 things you really don't want to do, and it keeps getting pushed to the bottom of your list. Well, if you can complete that thing, then you'll have way more time for the two things you want to do, as opposed to feeling guilty while you're doing the two things that you want to do, instead of the 10 things you have to do that are glaring you in the face. Right. And so if you can at least get, you know, two or three of those other things that you don't want to do but you have to do out of the way you get to enjoy the wants so much more and and our society isn't built for delayed gratification and that's Mm. what it is yeah we want to gratify ourselves immediately it's like we want to have the chocolate before we have dinner as opposed to after and being able to wait and learn again that's a food reward and i need to step away from that um but okay i want to be able to sit down and, uh, read a book on spirituality. Cause this was your example, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you have to, uh, answer a couple of emails and you have to send out a resume and you have to post on social media mm-hmm. and like, uh, all of those things have to get done by a certain point that day. But that chapter was so good. <laughs> that chapter. Well, If you start reading that chapter, then you'll feel really guilty later when the day is over and you don't have literally the energy to do it. But like you said, with passion, passion gives you that fuel. So if you can use the energy that you start the day with to get the things done that you have to do, then that passion will reignite you. It will fuel you from the inside and then you're tapping into, um, The three lower chakras in a way that a lot of people don't realize are crucial for a foundational magical practice where you're satisfying the root chakra and starting everything with, okay, I took care of everything I had to do. Right. And now I'm going to move into the relationship aspect. I'm going to answer those emails. I'm going to engage with these people and then stepping into, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what's interesting because it opens up the top four.
0: And the great thing about that, too, is once it gets to a point where your two-hour chunk that you've designated to yourself after you've done the other things that you have to do, if that two-hour chunk continues to grow and grow and grow and then that starts to bring in money or bring in some other type of abundance, then you can transition that into the thing that is your root, right? So you have to get up in the morning and you you have to record music. Again, that's another thing. It's like, I've got all this time. And I'm recording a new song, but I, because I'm only one person, I have to record every piece, piece by piece. <laughs> so that's a big challenge for me to go, I really want to hear this entire song that I hear in my head, but I've got to lay down, you know, 32 or 40 tracks so that I can actually put it into an edit to make the song. Well, that yeah. sounds, that seems like work because I'm looking at it from the end goal standpoint, as opposed to get these things done and then you get to go and record for two hours, you know?
1: Right, you eat you eat an elephant piece by piece. You don't try to swallow it. Hard.
0: I would never eat an elephant. I mean, that's I tried to do the same thing. Never I'd, say never. I, but I, if you were in
1: India, it was the only animal left, and you had to eat.
0: I would respect the animal, and I would say, "Elephant, <laughs> you and me, we've spent some time together in ceremony. Roll tide." I got to just throw that out there as well. What up, Ganesha? Hey, hey.
1: And I would say, <laughs> I need a new head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay if that's what you want to it's just yeah, true yeah.
1: <laughs> also um i i love that we're bringing it back to this idea of um practical magic mm-hmm. because i think that's something a lot of people don't they they love the movie and they love the phrase but they don't realize what it is and this is practical magic it's um having if you have a to-do list Taking care of your to-do list before you do the esoteric things. Mm -hmm. Or if all you ever do is your to-do list and you never get to the esoteric, putting the esoteric at the top of your to-do list. Right combining the two. So if you, if you're always like, Oh, I always want to meditate, but I have to do these other things instead. Well, then you schedule yourself a 15 minute meditation in the middle of those other things. And you set an alarm and, Oh, I have an appointment. I'm sorry. And you step out and you have an appointment with yourself. You have an appointment with God. You have an appointment with your guides and your guardians and maybe a shaman even, and like get on a call with them. Um, Being in a space where you acknowledge your strengths and your weaknesses and is your strength the woo is it like i could draw tarot cards all day long i could read about astrology all day long i could go down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories on aliens all day long but it would be really hard for me to actually um uh like deal with a very practical bookkeeping i just right. don't like spreadsheets um and so like maybe i should take an hour of my day to designate that time to the practicalness because then i'm i'm satisfying the root chakra and you're only as spiritual as you are grounded and um and the more grounded that you get the more spiritual you can become because your roots become stronger so your tree can grow taller
0: right i think that blue taught you this lesson earlier when he <laughs> said i want to eat that tortilla and you said you have to eat your Brussels sprouts or whatever you're eating first. Cause literally that's what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So sometimes you got to eat the things that you know are good for you. And that's,
1: and that's something I'm working on right now. I'm I'm making sure I have like my, my groups of fermented that I'm minimizing my protein. I'm upping my fat intake. I'm making sure I have a variety of greens that I'm engaging in. It's like, I'm trying to shift and be the example for the kids and there. That's another practical magic thing of like, I'm, doing it for them. And if it's easier for me to do it for them than it is for myself, well, then great. At least I'm doing it.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that's also, that's, uh, again, right now I'm listening to, um, secrets of self mastery by Mitch Horowitz. Uh, and he was saying that, uh, when it comes to leadership, uh, you know, being, being willing to do things that other people aren't, and also being, uh, you know, being prepared to kind of take the lead without somebody asking you to. That is literally what being a leader is. Like people who want to have a leadership role because of the power that comes along with it. That's not the reason why you're doing it. Some people are good leaders. You know, before the Avengers movie came out, I used to think that Captain America was like the goofiest character ever. But like being able to see the way that they, they uh, wrote the character and the way that he was played by, chris evans in the in the movie was literally this is my job my job is to be the person who says i'm going to look at the structure of everybody else's strengths and then kind of give them an idea of which way to go and i you know i think in our culture too we don't really look at leaders that way we look at leaders as as you know the person who's untouchable who's got a lot of spray tan on his face with a really bad haircut and it's like well i well, don't
2: count that as a leader. I but. know, but
0: still, I mean, that's how we look at, <laughs> we look at dictatorships. We look at uh, our, whatever our current, um, our political structure is. And we look at it from that standpoint, because those are the people who have claimed power and said that they don't want to give it up. It's that whole Caesar idea, right? He's like, I don't right. want to, I'm, I, I kind of want to keep doing this. And it's like, that's not how this works. The person who is, has the best vision for the entire group is the person who needs to be in charge. So when you're, you know, when you're doing something to better yourself as as influencers you know as people who are on social media really that's that's technically what your job is right Right. is to be able to kind of show people and not not do it in in an egocentric way either but to show people how that they can live live their best life you know that's what a good teacher does that's what a good leader does it's like leading by example
1: while still being human though exactly yeah there's so many so many times where um I'm like, I don't want to post today because I'm not having a good day. And I'm like, no, I need to post today because I'm not having a good day. Mm -hmm. Um, and I fall prey to the pedestal syndrome frequently with teachers where I, um, I see and value their knowledge and their experience and what they are doing for humanity in terms of like up leveling the consciousness. And then they end up on a pedestal in my mind without me consciously putting them there because I respect them but i also expect them to maintain that all the time right and they're human and they have to be allowed to climb down off the pedestal and i think a lot of people um do that in general with leaders where if a leader messes up once then uh, they suddenly become pariahs right and i do think that there's a lot of times where And this is the conspiracy thing. Leaders that we have currently actually are really awful um, or are really secretly working for other goals that the general populace doesn't understand. And so they're perceived as awful, but then they're not. There's so many layers and layers and layers of who's really in charge. Um, But we have a lot of people in positions of power in our world who um, who aren't leading by example they're leading by image right and um that's dangerous and i think it's all starting to crumble right now with the way that the planets are aligning in a really useful and beneficial and um hopeful way it's a it's a hope that we come back to the truth it's a hope that we come back to a space of um i'm not just living my best life i'm living the best way i can consciously um
0: there are two things that can't be hidden long the truth and the moon or maybe it's the moon (laughs) and the truth but yeah like there it's it's always going to be there you know it's always kind of staring us in the face i think
1: (laughs) death and taxes yeah
0: (laughs) there's um i i again this is kind of like coming back into the whole cosmic idea I, i i'm hoping that the tangents that i continue to go off on are at least kind of directional um but uh coming back to what I was asking about with uh, the Claire senses and that type of thing. Do you feel like, um, our, our transition through Kali Yuga, uh, and coming back around on the procession of the equinox, do you feel like that's one of the reasons we're able to kind of tap into more of this? And that's one of the reasons people are a little more open to the stuff that you and I are really into and the stuff that we're talking about now.
1: Oh yeah. 100%. There's, um, so in, in Graham Hancock's book, underworld, he talks about the Yugas in a really easy to digest way. If you are used to that level of scholarship, because he actually is <laughs> takes quite an amount of focus to read it. <laughs> um, for most people. For me, I I devour it. I love. Um, I think he's very clear spoken and um, well researched. And there's another book um, I was actually looking for it when you mentioned the yugas earlier, um, that I haven't. Uh, gone through all the way but it's in my library uh, what's it called and the Yugas keys to understanding our book details hold on it's cut off on the screen keys to <laughs> understanding our hidden past emerging energy age and enlightened future and it has a really great drawing of um, of the yuga system and so a lot of times we we hear okay each yuga is this long um there's a there's like it's this long and this long and this long and there's these insanely long numbers that go with that and that's like the yuga of the universe
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's not just the yuga of where we are right now and where we are right now it's a twenty four thousand year cycle in total um and when we kind of look back at some of the numbers that Graham matches up with ice age and um like the sphinx dating with geologists and all of that it really matches what um these other people are saying in terms of the vedas being divided up Um the yugas listed within the vedas being divided up in smaller chunks like so there's smaller cycles within the bigger cycles within the bigger cycles a wheel within a wheel yeah and so this one um it's, it's shown really beautifully how there's a descending cycle and an ascending cycle. And uh, satya is the highest yoga, right? That means truth. It's where mm-hmm. we all want to go. And we're, when we're all living in truth and we're all um, close to Eden, I would say. Like close to uh, Shambhala and uh, all of these mythical, wonderful lands of... Perpetual perpetual wonderfulness, um, and then Treta Yuga is the the next one up. and That's when everybody has psychic powers. Thinking of Atlantis, of Lemuria, of these revered civilizations that imparted great knowledge and um, that laid the foundations for the pyramids that would be built. And then we have the Dwapara Yuga, and the Dwapara Yuga is basically what we're in, according to the cycle. Um, and then the Kali Yuga is centered in that. And the way that this wheel is shown, um, Treta and Dwapara are divided in half. So they're on either side of the wheel with Satya and Kali opposite each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Kali Yuga began, according to them, about the time um, that the patriarchies really took over in the human civilization system so once we had like very clear hierarchical patriarchal um, kind of king-based feudal systems and states where there were many 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 oppressed people and very very few powerful wealthy people Um, that's when the Kali Yuga began it was the time of the most darkness on the planet. The least amount of people were enlightened. All of the schools had gone into mystery teachings. They'd gone into very close-knit, tiny groups of initiates who could not share the secrets. They could not talk about the things we talk about because they would be killed. Because if these secrets got into the hands of the people who were in power, then the whole world would just go to hell because they would use them for ill, for their own gain and for the detriment of others and so they had to protect them they had to go underground thoth and shizaha had to take them out of physical realms and put them into places where um you wouldn't understand them like all of these gods and goddesses had lived on the planet at one point and they had to protect it and they had to take it away and uh, when humanity was ready they would start imparting the truths again and kali yuga lasted until, according to this mathematical structure that they figured out, um, and according to Graham, too, in his book, and that's what made me go look for this other book, was uh, about 1700 AD by our reckoning, which means that when the Age of Enlightenment started, we stepped into the Dwapara Yuga. And the Dwapara Yuga is the yuga of energy, of electricity, of technology. And that's what happened at that time. That's when um, people started valuing science Mm -hmm. over um, mysteries. And uh, when they actually discovered the outer planets using telescopes, when they actually figured out how to harness electricity in order to use it for power, when they started to tap into the industrial age. And it's still not great. It's going to take a while to get out of it and into Treta. I don't think it will happen in our lifetime.
0: So is, do they, does it move backwards the way that the procession of the equinox does? Or is it – because Kali is winter, correct?
1: Uh, yes. It's, it's the darkest time. So it's right. – like I said, the descending cycle and ascending cycle. So Treta and Dwapara are divided in half. Like their right. cycles aren't grouped together. So right. it's not like you have a constant um, group of four that you're cycling through you have um it's not like satya is next to kali right it goes satya treta dwapara kali kali dwapara treta satya right and back around again so um it's the idea that we're basically moving into spring
0: it's very uh game of thrones like it's going so far out into into winter and then it has to technically go back through autumn before it can go through spring again right yeah right
1: yeah um like spring and summer are like uh at the top and then autumn is on either side of winter.
0: Jeez. Yeah, and the and the complete yuga revolution is 4,320,000 no, 4 4,320,000 years. <laughs>
2: yeah. And
1: what's weird is like when you start looking at some of the yuga numbers that are really huge like this, they match up with the Mayan long count.
0: Oh, really? Well, it makes sense. All of this information was spread across the world at one point.
1: And the Mayans were some of the most uh, aware of it in their earliest days because they were handed it by an earlier group. Um, And, I mean, Graham makes a million things about that and other people make other arguments about why they were able to do it. I think that um, as a people, they were ready to receive the knowledge Um, but they weren't the ones who invented it and the Egyptians as we know them in Egyptology, which (laughs) Graham is like uh, to that, they also were handed the knowledge and they were keepers of the knowledge. They weren't the creators of the knowledge and um, I think a lot of people have to really come to terms with what that means because we revere certain civilizations as having figured it out but they then were like well why were they so effed up why did they marry their sisters and brothers (laughs) (laughs) and it's because they were the humans interpreting what was being handed to them they weren't the originators and the originators are the ones that we now call gods
0: so it's like they got the instruction manual but they didn't really have the game Yeah,
1: yeah. I I think some of them got the game, but they didn't get the intro. (laughs) (laughs) And like, all the pieces were spread all over the planet Mm
0: -hmm.
1: after the deluge.
0: And that's that's Babel, right? The whole idea of like language has to be split up so that we can't talk to each other.
1: Mm -hmm. Which I mean, we're all just split up right now, period. Mm.
2: So,
1: and a lot of people are. um, I mean, and this is the the reason that. I think most people are looking at some of these bigger cycles is once we discovered Pluto, it was the 1930s and in the 1930s, a lot of change was happening and a lot of things were happening faster than anybody had ever seen them happen before. The science race was massive. Einstein was alive and well and doing insane mathematical calculations on quantum stuff. And um, there were, for the first time, astrologers were aware of Pluto's movements in a way that um, changed how they saw history. Right, because now they could go back in an ephemeris and see, like, oh, Pluto was here at this point. Pluto was here when, when the United States and the the people of France uh, threw over their governments. Right. <laughs> when um, when this happened and this happened and like the fall of this country and this happened and, like people will go backwards in time now and they see these huge leaps and bounds in history that were made um, during these alignments and it's kind of like oh history really does always repeat itself and rome was the new babylon and america's the new rome so (laughs) there's this feeling of um, of as we clear our personal karma we can start to clear the collective karma because there's finally enough of us aware of it that something can be done about it. But right. it's taken long for us to see the pattern because it takes that long for a civilization to repeat the pattern.
0: And on that note. <laughs>
1: hope you're not listening to this before you go to bed. <laughs>
0: well, I know I am.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. There's this, oh, I just, I like I want everybody to remember. I I feel like people are waking up on their own. It's not my job to wake people up. I wanna wake people up. I want to shake them and be like, Stop sleeping, stop being a sheep. But
0: No, the good thing about that is the the like the it'll slowly grow and then maybe people will hear the things that we're talking about and maybe, you know maybe we'll get to meet some of the teachers that can actually teach us some things and speak to them, you know, in person. So I'm, I'm grateful for where we are. It's something that I have to always remind myself of. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm I love my very fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> very fortunate to have found the things that, uh, that we have found that have both, that have empowered both of us to get to where we are. And, yeah, you know, I'm, again, I want to share this as much as with other people as well, but there aren't, I think there's something about um, I mean,
2: could you being imagine? able to ask,
0: being able to ask the right questions. You right. know, like meeting the the people who are asking the right questions again, so that you don't get burned at the stake. You know, <laughs> so it's like I, I've there have been times when I've been around large groups of men who are doing a lot of shadow work and a lot of different types of things. And then there are just a couple of guys that'll come up and ask me about my practice. Or they'll ask me about the books that I have in the area where I'm doing body work. And it's like, Mm -hmm. those are the guys who I really want to sit down and have a conversation with because it's not a passing thing. It's like, Oh, this might be something that is going to to shift you and trigger you into the next stage in your spiritual evolution.
1: Yeah. Again, getting back to being gateway drugs.
0: Yep. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. What were we gonna say?
1: bringing it around um, I feel like with with some of this, there's almost like a, an urgency in in me to do it right, and something um, that I have to remember with a lot of gratitude is that I am mm-hmm. And for anybody who feels that same urgency, who's like, I want to get it right this time. I want to clear the karma. I want to elevate the planet. I want to clear the oceans of plastic and take down 5G towers and make sure that nobody's getting crazy radiation from nuclear power plants spilling things. Um, <laughs> all the big stuff, you know, just just, just a few, few things. Um, by doing your own work you are doing it all you are doing it right um there's no other way that it can be done like the people who are in power in terms of being leaders or being teachers even of some of these esoteric things if they don't continue doing their own work they're not helping anybody because they're not going to be able to continue leading they're not going to be able to continue sharing and teaching and so i hope that in hearing just me and jeremy talk now um, if you do ever go back and listen, if you become a subscriber on patreon and you listen to those old episodes, I hope that you see that we have changed. I hope that you see that we have monumentally shifted our perspectives and our values and I know that if I went back and talked to me uh this time of year back then i I would just um, <laughs> i I would be mind boggled at it. <laughs> The majority of stuff that came out of my mouth. And at the same time, I would be like, yes. Yes. Like, exactly. you're, you're going
0: to be okay. Perfect. Yeah.
1: yeah. And and there's it's so good that you can't go back in the past and do that with yourself. Because, like in Harry Potter, you might accidentally kill yourself. <laughs> if you do the time turner and you don't realize it. And you're like, ah, what are you? Um,
0: Is that what happened because, in Harry Potter? I don't remember reading that one.
1: No, um, <laughs> Hermione – sorry, I've been re-listening to them. And in, in the end of the third book, she's like, Harry – uh, you can't be seen, not just because you can't like confuse people, but because you, um,
0: you might, Oh yeah. You might attack yourself.
1: You might attack yourself because you, you think it's somebody pretending to be you or, or whatever. Um, or you might mess something up for yourself and accidentally kill your past or future self and therefore <laughs> kill yourself. So um, you cannot be seen. You cannot be seen. You cannot be seen. And like with a lot of this, you cannot see the future right now.
2: Mm-hmm. You just
1: can't, and you have to be okay with it. And you have to know and trust. And this is the universe asking us to trust the birthing process right now. And unless you've given birth, it's really hard to one hundred percent understand. Jeremy, see me give birth. So literally, <laughs> literally, yeah. He me give birth. you sang ceremony songs in for my baby, and it was great.
0: Yeah. Thanks, um, Quest. So. Yeah.
1: And so did Robert Cardo.
2: <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. That was amazing. Yeah. That kid has the coolest birth story. So, but right now we're in a process of going in, right. Going in the stillness, going mm-hmm. into the, the womb, essentially the earth has put us on timeout and we have to stay home and we don't know what the other side's going to look like in, in alchemy, it's solve and coagula. It's um, dissolving yourself in order to re grow yourself. Um, butterflies do it. There's some of the only animals that the only beings on this planet that can completely turn into a puddle of goo inside a cute little chrysalis. And then that goo magically realigns all of its atoms and particles and cells into something that flies, like before it was this weird squishy thing that walked along on a lot of legs and then (laughs) becomes something that's like really delicate and sweet and has giant wings. Um, So we don't know what we're turning into right now as a culture or even as individuals and trusting the process, trusting that everything's exactly where it should be as it
2: should be.
0: Yeah. Don't be as scared of dissolving, you know, because again, you're still going to be there. And it, it, even if it's not you, like, you know, <laughs> we talked a lot about movies tonight. Um, okay. Even if it is, uh, if you're Gandalf the White, you know, you have to be gray <laughs> yeah. and then you have to, you have to die to this world to, to come to know me as, you know, Jesus said, you know, like there's, mm-hmm. there's all of these ideas of death and rebirth and we've got. Oh, it, and it's it, going
1: to be Easter. This
0: is. Yeah. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming up. We're, we're Palm Sunday right now. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, be willing to go through that cycle of death and rebirth. And if you're. You know, if you feel like you're you're right now and you're still in a winter because it feels pretty crummy, realize that spring is just around the corner and what you're going to come out as is going to be something awesome and beautiful. It can be. I mean, you can also just kind of hang at your house and continue to watch Netflix again. Like I said, I'm not going to I'm not going to question or shame anybody's process. But, you know, um, believe that
1: one episode of Gilmore Girls today.
0: I well, yeah, I've been (laughs) I've been trying to stay away from Netflix uh i have uh i've been listening to a lot of podcasts and audiobooks as of recently which yeah still can also i'm able to multitask but there's still you know there's something about i don't remember who it was i think david goggins said uh you know if you if you run while you're listening to music it's cheating you know because it's like you're not really you're not you're again not processing you're putting something into your head to distract you as opposed to really being completely there but um yeah like we, again we started this uh originally with talking about like how to motivate yourself when you're in this situation and i yeah, i think how that do you
1: motivate yourself away from netflix
0: yeah well and this is part of it you know like be will be willing to question and be willing to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation whether that means you know finally cleaning that room in your house that has been collecting junk or if it's Sending out those emails that you've been ignoring or if it's, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is that spend a little time in discomfort, spend a little time in comfort, like realize that you don't have to be in any of those places forever. You know, there's there has been a lot of there's been a lot of Kali energy around the house as of recently. And again, it's that there have been almost every time. I have either gotten a new Kali book or uh, I have – she has come back around where she's kind of like thinks there's going to be some time we're going to spend together. Something has broken. So I um, I was leaving uh, with the yoga studio that I used to have one of my private practices in last year, and uh, I was like, you know what, I'm going to get – they had a, a book on uh, the, the 100 Dames of Kali – and uh, so I like sent a Venmo to the owner and I was like, I'm gonna take this book with me, picked the book up, literally stood up to walk out, and I dropped my oil bottle and broke the handle. It was an oil bottle that I had like it's it's one for like actual oil in your kitchen, and I used it for massage oil. And I was like, That's Kali for you. So there's she is big on destruction, she is big on rebirth, she is big on testing your limits when it comes to darkness. One of the things that uh, is not really talked about with uh, working with Kali is the fact that she, she wants you to be on your game. You know, it's like if you're going to work with her, you literally have to be aware completely of your process because otherwise things can show up in a way that you didn't expect. And it can almost feel like the tower a lot of the times where it's like things are falling apart or you're like, I asked for... You know Thomas Ashley Ferron talks about it in his book or in his audio book, where he says, you know, he was uh, he was working with Kali where he uh, didn't he'd lost his job and he didn't have a lot of money, and he was working with her because he needed a quick turnaround. Well, he was able to either sell his house or sell uh, sell uh, his business or his stocks that he had, but it was at a much lower amount. So there's an idea of actually being able to, you know, to prepare and plan and be ready in case you have to make a quick transition. I think Kali kind of teaches you that it's like, have you been, have you been being, have you been mindful of your crops? Are you going to be able to actually collect on these things and get everything that you need from it? Like, um, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but, uh, again, this, uh, the mitch horowitz book that i'm listening to right now is he he said something that is something that i've heard before and that has been very truthful for me is like fortune favors the brave which we all kind of know that like if if a, a chance if a possibility shows up for you if you jump on it you'll be able to hopefully actualize whatever the thing is that you're going for is but he also said that luck uh favors the prepared so like if you actually just being prepared and being ready in case that lucky moment arrives for you, like being brave and, and having, you know, fortune kind of present itself to you is nothing if you're not ready for it. So, you know, that's part of what we're going on, what's going on right now too. So in in case something happens where there is a quick transition, be ready, like not to get into like the prepper mindset, but like, do you have water? You know, like that was a big thing over the past couple of weeks with all the runs on the grocery stores, like just having extra jugs of water in the house, because I don't drink tap water. I don't like it. You know, so and like
1: we got an aqua true. I'm not sponsored by them, but we got it for that reason. Because when we went to go refill our waters, the machine they'd shut it down. Yeah, it was yeah. working. So we were like, uh, we don't drink tap water. What do we do? Also, if you're drinking tap water, stop drinking tap water.
0: Yeah, I don't want like, to tell you. I don't want to tell you what to do. But taste like drink. Do it. Do a taste test, which is something that I did uh, with Lindsay a couple of weeks ago, too. I got a bottle of distilled. I got a bottle of purified water i got water out of the filter i did not give her tap water and i said taste <laughs> these three and tell me which one tastes you the basically
2: best tap water pretty
0: much yeah um but uh she was like this was probably the cleanest tasting one and i was like well that's distilled like i love distilled water i'm a water snob through and through i'll drink purified yeah, water
1: Distilled water doesn't have any minerals in it you have to add trace minerals i get my minerals it. from Otherwise, other
0: places i don't need to no, get it for my water
1: the water, I could argue this all night long. I know you yeah, could. That's
0: talking. no, we're not even going to discuss it. Just that's still the water. The
1: Virgo in me is like, Good Lord, don't tell anyone to drink that. The
0: Libra, the Libra, God, the Libra in me don't. says, Drink whatever the hell you want. This is also a person who used to drink a thing called a dirty scotch, which was scotch with olive juice in it. So oh don't God. listen to me. By God, don't, don't me. listen. To <laughs> don't listen to you. This is terrible health
2: advice.
1: It was, it was always turn to the Virgo, yeah. Take, drive probiotics. <laughs> drink reverse osmosis using purified water with trace minerals by concentrates minerals added back into it as you take the just, Throbi- just Thrive probiotic pill use the water <laughs> 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 very good sources
0: not For sponsored most- by any of these companies not sponsored not at sponsored. all yeah. just uh, personal preference
1: highly obsessive with human health also take liver supplements from ancestral supplements Cause it has the only pure source of vitamin A beta carotene cannot be converted into retinol in your body. Just saying.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so do we even want to throw out a mantra for today or do we want to just kind of end on all of these positive, good vibes and health advice that we've got?
2: <laughs> oh
1: my God. I can yell at people about health.
0: Advice <laughs> that's really the not, best way to get through to, to people too. No, no. Yeah. You want to, you like want to yell at them. Yeah. And that's the best way to get subscribers too, is just really yell at people. It right. worked. For, it worked for well most of the news uh, companies for the longest um, time. I don't know if it's still doing a thing.
1: I'm gonna throw books at your head until <laughs> your head absorbs the book. <laughs> right? That's how reverse, That's how osmosis works. I'm just
0: gonna keep it, hitting
1: you on the head with the book.
0: Is that osmosis? I think it was. Yeah. yeah
1: I think. Yeah. Sleep with the book underneath your pillow. You'll clearly remember it the next morning um i had, a, I had a, a drama like a theater teacher tell me that once she was like sleep with your script under your pillow you'll remember it better the next day it's like i'll try anything
0: i feel like i would get paper cuts and the, the it would definitely end up pretty messed up i'd end up not having the first three pages um that was yeah. something that i do want to say uh again i know that we this episode has been rather tangential and we're at almost a two-hour mark um but uh, actually yeah So, but I want to say, um, something has been, uh, kind of, kind of repeating in my head the past couple of weeks, which is, uh, creativity and memory. And, um, I think that again, in this time that we're in, that is two things that we can work on. And it's something that we have gotten really bad about. So, uh, when it comes to, when it comes to magic in general, again, we talked about focus, um, a couple of weeks ago, um, Creativity is another big part of magic because being able to visualize anything, whether you're trying to manifest something or trying to visualize an angel or trying to visualize you know any of the gods or goddesses that are in the Hindu Pantheon, the reason why you have a yantra, the reason why you have um, these images of the gods or goddesses like Lakshmi holding you know whatever she 's holding uh, is is so that you have that image in your mind so that you can picture that abundance or that, that source being manifest. So imagining them being alive or, or, or in human form um, memory is also a big thing. And this also comes back to setting an intention, right? Like you have to be able to remember that you set the intention. This is also the idea of, of luck um, favoring the prepared and fortune and favoring the brave. Like if you set an intention, you start to kind of uh, work on manifesting something and you forget about it when the thing presents itself to you, you may have forgotten completely that you had put that out there in the universe, you know, and you, we, it's really important to do that. So being able to visualize the thing, I think we've talked about this before too, like not necessarily uh, obsessing over it, but being able to at least picture it at least daily. Um, And then being able to remember the fact that you're picturing that and that it's something you're setting your goals for. Like you also said, um, we're not a great society when it comes to delayed gratification. And that is, Something that we really should get better at because there is a long, there's a long game that's being played in our lives in general when it comes to planning. Um, My mom mentioned the other day, um, my partner and I are going to be moving out of our house in a couple of months. And she was like, uh, I was talking about rent and she was like, why don't you buy a house? And I really, for the first time in my adult life, I was actually like, I actually could buy a house. Again, it's not something that I've ever wanted to do. It just doesn't seem feasible. Um, but I was like, that is actually something that I could do. My And my mom is a, is a woman who has been kind of manifesting her entire life, honestly. Like, she got married at a very young age. She had my brother at a young age. She has owned, you know, every house that she's lived in since she was, like, 18 years old. Um, she's whenever she's needed a new car, it's always been a used car that she's bought, but she's, you know, able to, to kind of take care of that. She's also a Taurus. She's got that earth sign thing in her to be able to kind of plan ahead and to uh, set those types of intentions. And um, again, that's one of those, it's, it's a lesson that I keep coming back to in my life of like being able to, to not feel um, bound by being grounded, you know, like not feeling like it, it closes off the possibilities of,
2: yes, of the air sign.
0: I know. Well, I've got Cap rising again. Like I feel like I'm finally getting to the point where I'm starting to respect the Capricorn side of my life of wanting to to set some some longer term goals. You know, Which,
1: I mean, I I love that. We can can we get talk forever, um, and that's totally another podcast. That your rising sign, right, is what you're rising towards, mm-hmm. like that's the the goal of Your soul uh, essence is your sun sign is the personality you come in with and your rising sign is what you're you're usually exhibiting as a child because your childlike self is way more in touch with your soul. And then the more that your personality develops, then the further away you move from that and you have to move back towards it in your lifetime. Um, But then you have to be able to remember what it is, right? So memory and concentration is Mm -hmm. their mantra. Beyond uh, Satisfati last week or the Om I'm Shrim Clean Saw Sachi Ekam Brahma.
0: Mantras for memory. See, now we didn't prep for that. We um,
2: I'm but it a
0: well, let me see. <laughs> let me take a look at some of the things that I have here and see if I can find something. Um, what would you like to talk about while I'm searching for that?
1: Um, the, the idea of staying quiet, not only in the sense of, of being still within the house of not going out a lot um, and not as a a way of distancing yourself further by any means, but as a way of holding that power. We were talking about this at the beginning, being able to have a greater capacity to contain more energy within your field in general. And when you go and just talk about all the things you've learned to everyone, you're dissipating it. You're sharing the energy because you don't want to hold it anymore. And it's not that you want to keep secrets, right? You're not, you're not trying to like hide anything from anyone, but just being very, very mindful about who you're talking to and how and how you're receiving what they're saying especially at this time a lot of people are just talking out of fear out of missing social interactions that they are they've grown accustomed to and therefore they're they're trying to distract themselves and you because they want uh, misery loves company so they want everybody to be on the same level um and a lot of times when we are in the state of awakening in the state of discovery in the state of seeking we get really excited to share what we know and we become really good evangelists for witchcraft (laughs) (laughs) weirdly so being in a state of quiet contemplation and quiet meditation and if you feel like you are really wanting to be seen and heard and and express all of the discoveries you're making and all the synchronicities that are happening. Really pause for a moment before you tell anyone and think, am I doing this out of um, ego, out of wanting acknowledgement for having come this far? Or am I doing this because I'm trying to save them, playing the hero, again, playing into that victim cycle because then you're seeing them as a victim who needs rescuing by you. Mm -hmm. Or are you sharing it because they're ready, because they've asked you? And really, it's only the third one that's the um, go ahead to speak about the things that you're discovering. So like even the stuff in this podcast, most human beings on this planet are not ready or at a level to hear it. Um, And that's why I think it's still safe to say some of this stuff because not everyone's going to find it, right? If you found this podcast, you're ready to hear it. If we say something and you want to turn it off, turn it off because then you aren't in a space to hear what we're going to say after right
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah if you so, don't like what we're saying now you're definitely not like you're not gonna like uh, episode 10 and yeah. but but i will say this kudos to you for listening this far
1: right and it's it, but it's it's also like what are we ready to handle and when and and what do we have to integrate first before we can go further and integrating what we've already spoken about. And I've, I've said some things on this podcast that even now I'm thinking back like, oh, shoot, should I maybe have not shared that? Because not everybody's ready to hear it. Not everybody's ready to acknowledge some of the origins of our planet and our human selves and the way that the cycles work. And then I think, no, no, this needs to be uh, shared for a reason because there are people who maybe won't hear it otherwise, but who are ready. And that's, that's my hope. That's when we keep coming back to this like gateway drug philosophy, maybe you don't understand 90% of what I said, but I've said one word that activates a memory within you that makes you go and investigate it further and go and search it out yourself. And maybe you come and seek out me for, um, like magic and, uh, specific types of training things or maybe you go seek out jeremy because you like what he said about angels or maybe you come seek out me for something that has to do with um graham hancock maybe go seek out jeremy for something that has to do with mantra so it's both of us working to push you to find the truth for yourself and not take anything that we say at face value i think is very very important
0: yeah and you can tell that something's important to you when you when you really enunciate and I like it oh, when you do that.
1: My God, I think that microdose might have been a bit bigger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> Every single time that I have looked up at my vision board that I have behind my tarot cards, mm-hmm. I have seen something different in this jungle picture and it is blowing. My- I saw two things that looked like they were spying on me. So I carved them out with my athame. Like I literally grabbed my athame off my altar. and. What happened? Um, I think there's an actual two hour limit. I don't know if oh it's me edit it together
0: all right well if it didn't then people heard about you carving things out of uh your <laughs> I, I
1: mean i can i can edit that out if we want to <laughs> either way <laughs> let me tell you this Dude, okay like they looked like robots they looked like they were spying on me like they had cameras and i was like i don't remember that being in this part of the picture yeah's gone now and like as i carved it the white came through and it was like this cool light-filled space and then I looked up just now and I totally saw the Virgin Mary
0: nice don't carve her out she's cool I'm
1: not carving her out there's also (laughs) like a little uh, like something sitting near the edge of the pool it's very interesting this picture just keeps evolving and so I'm just wondering if I've just been staring at it for two hours and maybe (laughs) my eyes are finally seeing things or if uh actually I'm It was a tiny, tiny microdose. I don't understand.
0: Microdose of what? Guess. Um, Love.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was um, mushrooms that had been grown in a sound healing room where the, the beautiful people who were tending to them were playing sound healing instruments over them as they grew and also poured ayahuasca brew into the soil.
0: This also makes sense as to why we just did a two-hour podcast. Yeah. hmm
1: But you know what? No. It was hours and hours ago. Like, this shouldn't – I don't know.
0: You can't put a put that time limit on that. You know how mama works?
1: She does. So, she's working. Uh,
0: that's good. Let her keep doing her thing. As you had asked me before if there was a, uh, a mantra a for mantra. memory. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily memory, but it is for uh, wisdom. It is a Tibetan mantra for Manjushri, who is associated with Saraswati in uh, mm. Tibetan Buddhism. And it is Om Ara pat sa Na D D D. Om Ara Patsana D D D. Omada Patsana and the translation for that is salutations to he who is realized in the heart through the great syllable D it's um,
1: so great I don't know why I love that mantra so much yeah that,
0: it feels like, so good um, so uh, for Tibetan uh, the Tibetans uh, this book at least says for them she uh, uh, talking about Saraswati uh, for Tibetans Saraswati is the spouse and power of the Bodhisattva of wisdom Manjushri holding the sword of discriminating wisdom he is able to cut through illusion and appearance and arrive at the essential underlying and fundamental truth of anything so what up manjushri i love it yeah me too
1: will you um we'll add this to the show notes if you will send
0: me that most assuredly and that will uh a recording of that will be up this week on my patreon so do check that out if you want 108 uh of the manjushri mantra yeah manjushri and
1: if you want um are you doing sound healing sessions
0: uh i am Uh, again there's stuff has been the the wording has been updated and then there was this whole conversation that i wanted to have to you about the podcast so those will most likely go back up as well um if you are a a prescriber if you're a subscriber to to amy's patreon um those are going up what you're putting up one a month now of the old podcast yeah um so i'll do the same thing i'll catch up to where you are and then add the others uh as we go so you can you can uh you can follow either of us or support either of us. Um, I, this is something that we are both very passionate about. We both love doing this. Um, and if you are, uh, if you are a uh, supporter of both of us, I would ask if it's possible for you to join uh both of our patreons and send us a little bit of money three bucks a month is really not that much and uh we're
1: we can split it with each other but
0: we can yeah so but it's again it's uh it's a whole thing too about uh just living in um fair exchange um and and i'm again we're going to keep doing this no matter what but it's just i am very grateful for the fact that we actually have people listening to this and if that is a possibility i would uh love to put that out there into the universe that abundance does come in um and also if there are things that other people want like there are i have tiers up now that are um mantras that are based that there are um there are actually group zoom calls a monthly group zoom call uh for people to get on we'll have a topic we'll have a uh, an oracle reading or a poll that uh there will be a discussion about whatever the oracle that's pulled and then we'll just have a group discussion as well so um i'm looking to build the community If people are interested in doing that, and if there's other things that people are interested in doing, you know, let us know what it is that you would like and, uh, check out the other tiers that I have on there. So if
1: you want like one-on-one healing sessions, Jeremy, that is,
0: that. that is also a part of it. Yeah. The, um, the highest tier is, uh, literally a monthly session with me. Once all of, uh, once all this quarantine stuff is done, um, if you would like to, uh, to have a monthly one-on-one in person with me, if you are in Boulder or if you are in Denver, then that can happen. Uh, otherwise we can do a, either a sound healing, a conversation, um, a, a energy session, uh, via zoom or via another do platform. You do I do do cranial sacral. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of different energy. There's a lot of different energy work options that we can do if people are interested and you, uh, it's a, a really big discount, actually, for what you would be getting um, by doing it over the internet, if that is what people are down for. so Yeah. And yeah.
1: I'm doing astrology and Akashic and tarot and one-on-one coaching. Um, I call it mentoring because technically in the coaching program that I did, what I do is not perfect coaching because I offer too many Uh, suggestions (laughs) (laughs) I don't force you to come up with all of them yourself the way you should in coaching Um, so I I call it spiritual mentorship Um, and I am going to be launching a um, basically a school for covens (laughs) being in a space of um, wanting to share my knowledge with more people and not everybody um, being able to do the one-on-ones with me for various reasons. I wanted to make something that was a little bit more affordable. And so on the Patreon, there's still space for, um, I believe it's 11 because it's a limit. um, So that as you get, uh, get to work with me, you're also getting to work with each other and it's going to be an initiation uh, journey where you're going through different rites of passage and different um, pantheons and getting to know different tools of the magical trade. And by the end, be able to be a fully fledged coven altogether um, and have the option of continuing as a group with advanced practices or uh, fledging out on your own after six months um, into the wide, wide world of the esoteric and the cult. <laughs>
0: And being a solo practitioner is pretty fun. I will say.
1: It is, but it's also nice. Like you're built, you, you just said you wanted to build a community.
0: (laughs) It's true, but this, I have been a solo practitioner this entire time. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) yeah. Even when we were living in the same house and we did stuff in different rooms.
0: (laughs) Yeah, seriously.
1: So weird. Um, But yeah, I think there's, there's so many options um, to find teachers right now online because of all that's going on. Please take advantage of it, even if it's not me and Jer. Um, please go seek out some of the people that are our teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, you named some of the people you're working with. I I named a few. Um, Go back and have a listen if you want to know who they are. We, can't, we don't have any more time. We'll yeah. Time. Well,
0: I think well, we, we'll probably be posting two podcasts this week, it seems like. So if there's just like I don't know, you know well, episode six supplement.
2: Altogether.
0: Well, if yeah. it works, it works. If not, that I think an eight-minute podcast or nine-minute where we are now uh, can also go up. It should be fine. But with that, I will say if you are um, – I'll throw out uh, authors that I really like. Uh, Thomas Ashley Ferrand, mm-hmm. he has – quite a few books he unfortunately passed away um, about 20 years ago but a fantastic teacher he has audiobooks um, um, uh, israel rigardi is a fantastic author if you are looking to get into uh ceremonial magic or if you're looking to get into more of a um, western esotericism uh slant the tree of life an illustrated study of uh studying magic is a great primer. It's a great way to start something that's easily digestible and it's not too thick that you're going to be daunted by it. And if you're a super serious, um, mantra advocate, uh, and you're really, uh, if you're really excited about delving into some of the left-hand path stuff, Kali Kaula by Jan Fries is an excellent book. It is, it is left-hand though, just so you know, you're not going to be, there's not a lot of bright and shyness. It's about the the darker side of mantra there's a lot of um there's a lot of talks of like the darker sides of saraswati the darker sides of lakshmi you know the plate like where the abundance actually comes from the you know where the the creative source actually comes from with saraswati and of course there's a lot of stuff on kali in here so um not for the faint of heart and also not for uh people who are just kind of dabbling i would wait on that one if you're uh if you're just starting out, but um, the Thomas Ashley Fraun books and the Israel regarding book are, are both excellent.
1: Yeah. And all of Graham Hancock's books from um, fingerprints of the gods, underworld magicians of the gods, America before supernatural. Um, they're all such phenomenal sources of, information that should trigger memories from past lives if nothing else um mm-hmm. as well as connect the dots on a lot of things if you are interested in like the way esoteric uh look up edgar casey himself and get uh, there's there's one that i have uh it's blue i forget what it's called exactly i think it's the edgar casey companion um and read some of the channelings that came through him look up the, the corpus hermeticum a lot of times you'll find the cabalian a little easier but um the corpus hermeticum is the original and it's hermes trismegistus hermes the thrice great and he is both uh the egyptian god come back into uh, hermes form and imparting his wisdom and that's where alchemy is based so if you hear me talking about that that is fantastic um astrology for the soul by jan spiller is great for um north node stuff and for uh just figuring out some of the lesser known parts of your astrological chart when it comes to um, how north node operates and uh, yoni shakti is great for the Mahavidyas. we've talked about them before we've talked about a couple of very specifically, like Kali and Kamalatmika, or Kamala, as she's sometimes known. Um, Yoni Shakti by Uma Dinsmortuli is something I always recommend for everybody who's doing uh, yoga practices. And um, as far as uh, any of the other books, there's a link on my bio that takes you to the amazon shop where i put them all up because there are way too many to list but the biggest uh the newest one that i'm really loving right now is called existential kink by carolyn elliott and it's um a really phenomenal practice of integrating all of you and she makes it super funny because she's a very intelligent and well-spoken woman who has a phd in english
0: hey hey she figured out a way to make money with an fbc in she english did.
1: <laughs> she, she's she got a seven figure salary and a new baby and i mean if that's not enough motivation to read what she's written then i don't know what to tell you <laughs> um yeah there's I, and i'll honestly always will say go back to spiral dance if you haven't read spiral dance go read spiral dance if you're interested in witchcraft it it will only help you um and the same with Drawing Down the Moon, if, you've, if you don't know the history of goddess religions and the rise of New Age religions and paganism within the modern era, um, it's really, really, really helpful to kind of put everything into context of what was happening when and why. Um, it's a little bit dense, Drawing Down the Moon is, but it's so worth it. And um, as far as like my personal teacher's Uh, someone that I've worked with a lot, Theo, um, his written name is Getty Parma and he has books on ecstatic witchcraft and, on it's one's called by land, sky and sea. And then the second one's ecstatic witchcraft. And then he also just finished one on the iron pentacle and on elements of magic with Jane Meredith, who's another amazing, amazing witch and woman I've worked with. And so, um, yeah, those are
0: <laughs> Yeah, just a couple. Just and a I'll couple. I'll throw out Sir John Woodruff. uh he went by the name Arthur Avalon when he wrote his books, but he was one of the biggest um one of the biggest names who brought um a lot of Hindu uh sacred text to the western world in the uh late 1800s early 1900s. So any of his books too like they're going to be a little bit denser because they were written 120 years ago and uh, people, they had, exactly. They had a a more dense vocabulary. So, but, um, I was going to say too, you can find a lot of stuff. Um, like you said on Kindle actually in bookstores, but there is a wealth of esoteric knowledge that is out there on the internet. Be mindful of the content that you're looking at. Make sure that the, uh, the books are actually the book's that are written by the authors and that you're not just pulling stuff off of random websites. Like you can literally look up a PDF of mantras or PDF of whatever, like, you know, Google's an amazing thing. Try to use DuckDuckGo or something that doesn't track you, but like you can use, you know, you can use these search engines just like a library catalog and find some really incredible stuff and find stuff that speaks to you without having to spend thousands of dollars on books. Um, Because a lot of these authors have passed away and knowledge is free you know, you don't necessarily have to send a bunch of money to a publishing house to um to gain access to all of this information. But but you can it can
1: I, I don't trust the internet, and I really don't recommend anybody looking at the internet for stuff yeah. when it comes to this.
0: Never do anything with the internet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, when when it comes to magic, when it comes to magical practice, anybody can publish anything online.
0: Well, <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Like, if you, but if you're, you know, whether it's uh, Israel Regardy or, or any of the people who have actually have put their was their life's work putting this stuff out there you can't i I definitely say you know put money into the pockets of the authors and of the artists who are putting this stuff out but you can find yes yeah 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 but you can find you you have access to this stuff libraries actually still carry it you know so like yeah
1: well that's the other thing too is if if you um all you have to do is sign up for a library membership and you you would be able to get a lot of these things online right so yeah
0: yeah Alright. Well, I think that's a good place to stop now that we've given everybody a, a free book reading two list. Two
1: hours and 45 minutes, dude. There's no way. I don't we're, know. I'm, I'm amazed. If anybody's listening this far, oh my god, please turn it off. Turn it
0: off. Yeah, go to sleep.
1: <laughs> go do something else produ- I hope that you were doing something productive while you are listening to us ramble. But this episode, I think, needed to happen because we were feeling a lot of the vibes of... Um, change is good change needs to happen and we changed a lot since we first recorded but we also haven't because now we're tangenting tangenting
0: Tangenting. yeah well keep strong (laughs) Uh, you go to sleep we'll talk soon and uh thanks for listening everybody
1: thank you all love you so
0: much love you too Bye. bye